Yeah, welcome everybody to episode 56 of the Fuck You Mean podcast with your motherfucking boy, Lukey Cage. Yo, that's me. Yeah, and your other motherfucking boy, Money Miss. That's motherfucking me. We have a motherfucking illustrious special guest today, you motherfucking cunts out there listening. True indeed. We have <clears throat> the world-renowned A&R extraordinaire, right world-record freestylist, Holy motherfucking shit. rap artist, business executive, legal administrator, co concert tour coordinator, event producer, and fucking much more, the almighty M80. That's motherfucking me! Yeah! Also, <laughs> the crowd goes wild, yo. The crowd goes also, wild. Also known as Madagus Pimp Nuttington Third. What the fuck is good, M80? What's good? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming What's on. What's good bum, is bum. episode 56 of the Fuck You Mean podcast. This is going <laughs> to do historic numbers. <laughs> I know Word. in advance. Every Word. time I've ever been on a TV show or radio, they always hit me a week later like, man, I don't know why. We've had Gucci Man on here, and you did bigger numbers than him. I'm like, I'm fucking M80. Come on. <laughs> you get this knowledge. Yes. yes We're life. We're yes, life. We're life, yo. So, uh, word, for, for everybody out there uh, who's unfamiliar with M80, uh, first of all, you need to follow him on Instagram, at Almighty M80. M80. M80, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the number's 8-0 at the end. All right? Now, listen, the guy is fucking hilarious. His feed yeah, is beyond entertaining. However... I can't think of nothing in of M80 and not just, like, Pause, giggle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, real yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> facts, facts. But, but for all you listeners out there today, he's also a highly intelligent motherfucking uh, record executive. And he's going to drop... Out. Yeah, he's going to drop some yeah. knowledge on us. For all you fucking rappers out there who listen to the show, because I know you do, uh, he might teach you a thing or two. So everybody listen up in. I'm sure we're going to have some funny stories to talk about. But first, first on the motherfucking docket today is motherfucking M80 just dropped his first book, a real book. We're talking a hardcover book. Pause. Uh, it is it is called My Famous Dick Picks. Dick Picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is available right now for purchase. M80, uh, man, give us a rundown. Give us some background. Man, how, how did, did this, this book come about? Yo, yeah. Exactly. How did it come about, um, bro? So I've been writing this serious music book. It's called Who's Your a &R? I've been working on it for like four years. And the crazy okay. thing is... It's like, the, it's the book I wanted to write and the book I wanted to work on. And then just one day, I think I was watching a movie and Richard Nixon was on it. And like, yeah. it's just, I'm like, this is funny. What if I made a book with all these, and just called it Famous Dick Pics, with all these, all the famous Dick Ricks and Richards of the world. And then the idea <laughs> to draw them as penises came later. But I'm like, like, at first it was just going to be like, here's their picture. And here's the funny blurb to go with each. And I'm like, oh, but if we drew them as penises, it's even funnier. And uh, like... I don't know, maybe like a decade ago or whatever Superbad first came out, they had like a, a the book of all the penises that Seth drew like in the movie, like yep. uh, yeah. getting back to that scene and putting him as a kid. Yep. And that was kind of the inspiration for the drawing the penis, uh, the people's penises part. But uh, yeah, I thought the, the idea was pretty innovative and 
you know, something to make you laugh. And I just want to test the waters. Like if I released a book in any, whatever the fuck kind of book it is, will, will people buy it before mm-hmm. I finish like this? Like my music book thing is going to be like 400 fucking pages. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. This is, yeah, it's like it, like there's chapters in it that are at least 40 pages. Like Word. the real story behind the cannabis disaster battle. That's like a 40 oh, page shit. chapter. Wow. Jesus. Wow. And the, the music book goes through like, like it's in chronological order, like oh, just my best stories and, and how I like, how did I make a white Jewish kid from Indiana, like end up working for Wu-Tang Clan. And right, like, right. you know, my times with Redman and my times with Priest and my times with whoever, C-Ray's Walls or, you know, um, I've had to stop and start writing the book so many times because like circumstances have changed. Like for mm-hmm. instance, in the Razcast chapter, that originally ended where it's like, by the time this comes out, like he might be dead, I might be in prison. Like one of us is going <laughs> to die. Right. That was our relationship. And now yeah. it's like, oh shit, we actually hang out and kick it and work on music together now. Uh, like, so it's, that it's, has to be rewritten. You know, it just needs to have a different ending. Yeah. It's, fun, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, years ago, I definitely saw a YouTube clip <laughs> with yeah. Razkaz fucking not happy with you. <laughs> Bro, that's like, that's an amazing ass story in itself. And it's like, I, okay, at the time I'd worked with Priest. Okay, um, this okay. is like 2009, 2010. Me and Priest, Priest. Worked, yeah, Kill, Kill Priest. Priest. We've been working right together here. since like 2003. Priest and I. Then Priest introduced me to cannabis in like 2006, okay. Okay. 7. Okay, okay, here we go. So yeah. then me and cannabis just click and we take off. And I started executive producing the ANR and Canvas Records. On my 28th birthday, so 11 years ago, uh, like my birthday was November 3rd, so recently, mm-hmm. on my 28th birthday, I booked Snoop, Red and Meth. Dog Pound and Devin the Dude to perform like literally on my birthday in Indianapolis on a Tuesday, and wow. that's when I met Corrupt. <clears throat> and Corrupt, we we just hit it off because I'm like I'm I represent cannabis. And he's like, oh well, now we got to make the Horseman album. He's like, you're you're the missing piece. If someone can contain cannabis, we can make the album. You know, there was okay. always, that's what they always said. It was always cannabis. Like you know, the three of those dudes at that time all lived in L.A., so it's nothing for mm-hmm. them to get together and make music. Mm-hmm. So um. Yeah, like, we we fly out to L.A., me, Cannabis, and one of his people, and um, at the time, I had, like, we were looking for investors for the album, and we had a guy, like, we were talking to Universal, and they were they were going to, like, release it through Corrupt's imprint of um, Pentagon, which had a deal with Fontana Universal. We ended up doing the Academy with them. Um, that was a compilation Corrupt produced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Raz just, he was the one person who didn't know me. So he's like, why is this dude here? Like, you know, like everywhere we'd go, here's M80. Um, the funniest shit was he had voiced his, like, I guess his, like, <laughs> like, I don't like, I, what's the word I'm looking for? He voiced his, uh, discern. Yeah. Like, like, I don't fuck so with he this just, dude. So he don't, yeah, he don't, he don't know you at all. No. And that's the reason why he, that, that y'all had beef. Yeah, well, that's how it started. It was like, I just, I just don't okay, understand why this guy's here. Okay. Like, okay, good boy. Like, this dude's, like, telling us, like, how to record and what tracks to pick and shit and, like, so, like, I had a situation that could have covered the making of two Horseman albums. Like, literally, Universal's like, you could split this budget in half and make two. We're like, no, we're just going to make one fucking amazing album. Mm-hmm. And we, were let Ra- we let Raz be, like, the head dude. Krupp's like, look, we'll all do our jobs, but let Raz pick whoever the fuck he wants in the album, the tracks, and we'll just follow suit. It makes it easier. I'm like, cool. All right. So, you know, my input is limited. Like, I think I like these tracks. That's really it. Um, so, we get out to L.A., and Raz is like, our, the the label that or the 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 financier like paid for us to go out there the hotels the flights the whole nine the round cars so they dropped like five grand tell your people 
that I got a person. So either they can like join my person or like tell them to go kick rocks. My, my person's going to put up 120. Your person's going to put up 80. I'm like, well, my person's not going to join. My person wants like a hundred percent of, you know, the shit for, for that amount of money. Um, okay. Well, I got someone that's going to kick 120 racks. So tell your person to go kick rocks. So that's what we did. I felt like a dickhead after this person literally spent five grand for us to go start this album. Yeah. Um, so we record like four or five songs. And, and of course, Raz's person for the 120 never, never happened. Never came through. Oh, I, can't, I can't go back to the person that was going to put up the 80 and be like, hey, friend. Like, <laughs> right. I, didn't, I didn't even know this person. It was like someone heard me discuss the Horseman album in a meeting and like, like told someone that was like the head of a finance company. It wasn't like a friend. It was again, you know, just yep. like some guy that's like, okay, I'll invest in this. Great. Um, so the second or third day where they're recording the records, it's Kill Priest's birthday party. And we all go to this club. I call this girl that was um, like, Hey, I'm, I'm in LA. Um, come hang out. And uh, she was like an intern at this label in Seattle called sound records. And I did, the, Son, the Sons of Man presents 60 Second Assassin record with sound, sound Music. I did the Under Gods, Canvas, Keith Murray on with them. So this girl comes and meets us at the studio. We go to the party. Raz has a chick with him. And uh, Raz is being real real flirty with the girl that I brought. And I think he thought it was like oh, my shit. chick. You know, because he doesn't know me, right? He probably thought it was my chick. Uh-huh. So he thinks, like, if I press upon him and his girl, he's probably going to feel some way. He didn't know at the time that I'm pimp nuts. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, reach into the bag of peanuts. Uh, you're going you're gonna to pick something you like. So when he's flirting with my this girl I just met for the first time, I yep. just go over to his girl. He's with the chick. Oh shit! And uh, the difference is, the girl I was with gave him a hug at the end of the night, and the girl that Raz brought, you know, did the damn dizzle. <laughs> and uh, Raz saw me. Raz, Raz saw me get out of the car in the parking lot and pull my pants up and like buckle my belt, and then wanted to fight me on the spot. It was like ah, oh, man. Like, you know. you, so you went up the, to that's huh? the whole origin story. Of um, like our horseman beef, and uh, it just Bro, like that is that yeah, is and then next from there level. It was like, like, <laughs> like I don't like what you're doing with records that I gave you, like that I that I own, that I paid for, and have like the, the legal paperwork for. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of a lot of times, a lot of um, little like quirks I've had with artists and shit stem from shit like that. Like <laughs> I remember you paying me, and I signed some shit, but I don't really, I didn't really read it. And I'm like, okay, well that's clearly your fault. Like right. when I pay, if, I, if I'm paying you for records, I want to own it, you know, like you can right. have your publishing and you'll get your royalties and stuff, but it's like belongs to me. So like right. an example of the ghost face killer album with, with mm. uh, big ghost, mm-hmm. I had to like, with the amount of money we had to spend to make that motherfucker, you know, I had to have all the rights, all the publishing, all the royalties, like not, you know, big ghost, like from, from the ghost face killer side of things. So that yep, way right. I could go and broker multiple deals. I could I could sell the records on a website I built. I could sell certain rights to like X-ray records, Cleopatra. Then I could have, you know, Dope Media do their shit. So yeah, it's like yeah, I yeah. had to be able to do You're that in order to make a profit from the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the whole point. So like, you know, Raz was like like you taken a verse I did and put it on a different song. Seems to be like uh, a thing that uh, some rappers just aren't fans of. Like I, I invented the verse licensing business in music. My partner <laughs> Anno invented the production licensing uh, business. Yeah, I saw that shit. Right. I saw y'all. I saw yeah. y'all talking about that right there. Yeah, so to like the style heavy. Yeah. Yeah, like like um. You know, we go back to that. We got a lot of questions. We we'll go back to that later. Sure. For this sure. cast though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. so like okay. 
Fast forward all these years, and Raz is blasting my name on the internet like the horseman never worked because of M80. Like, it's not true. Yeah. I was if, if it was working at all, it was because of me. I had the mm-hmm. money. I had cannabis. Like, and you guys have LA, and we'll come to you every fucking time. Like, when I did the first Almighty album, I lived in Indiana. Priest lives in LA, and everyone else lives all over the map. Like, I flew to LA every Jesus. time. We didn't we didn't do any of the, like, here's the beats, email me your verse shit. Like, I was physically in the you studio. Right there, in the studio. Yeah. Yep. So, um, okay, so King Crooked and Static Selector have the Static King release party. Yep. I knew Raz was going to be there, bro. Oh, shit. Crook sees me get out of the car and, like, apparently tuck some weapons and was like, yo, bro, come on now. I'm like, Raz is going to be here. He's like, maybe. I'm like, maybe. he's going to be here. So Crook's like, put that shit away. Uh, I put everything away, I think, except for, like, a, like a fucking razor blade in my mouth. Um, <laughs> then Crook pulls us aside. Like, we're, like, Crook's performing. And he hadn't talked to Raz yet. And Raz and I are standing next to each other. So I'm like, what oh, the it's fuck? Going, it's going yeah. down. We are, we are literally fucking toe to toe. Afterwards, Crook pulls us both aside and like makes us shake hands. And was like, look, Raz, I get it. You don't like M80, but that's just you. You got to understand too many fucking real ones fuck with M80. So it's like, clearly not everyone just made the mistake and thought he's a good guy. Like, so you got to like change the whole way of your thinking. Like, he's one of us, he's down for the cause, he's doing good things, he puts money in all our pockets, he provides opportunities. If you allow him to do that for you, I promise you'll like him. Raz and I shook hands in there, and with something we, like, laugh about every time we see each other now. Like, because it literally got to the point where it's like, dude, I'm like, either I was going to kill you or you were going to kill me, and I think I was going to get the drop first. You can't prepare, huh? Yeah. Hey, yo, hey, yo, M80, check it out, peace. I don't know if you remember, I met you at A3C. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, uh, one of my homies, yo, is Razul Allah from Lost Children of Babylon. Oh, he hates me. Like, fuck hey, you, please. <laughs> yo, 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 Bro, yo, I, yo. I saved every text messages from Razul. Everyone's a classic Keep the flash shit. Y'all was beefing. Then when he saw you at, right out there, it was like all peace. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a couple months later, it went all, all bad again, yo. All I bad. was like, what? what the fuck is going on? Like, Rasul, after me and Cannabis stopped working, Rasul started working with Canvas because I think he lived in the area. He doesn't yeah, anymore. Yeah, but Rasul mm. wanted me. Okay, so I took Rasul to uh, RBC for a meeting. And this is just like you sit down a record Canvas, meeting. You yeah. know, these dudes can look up your fucking stats and shit. You don't know, you don't mm. gotta go full like high school, you know, like presentation on them. This dude went there. He came with like blown up pictures of his album covers and fucking like just like literally like laying out a childhood presentation for like record executives that have sold hundreds of millions of records and shit. And they're just looking at me like, this is who you bring us. <laughs> like really? Like, <laughs> so it, it was, it was like, I, like I brought Agaloth one time. Um, and we made an oh, offer shit. right then. We made an offer right then there. And he's like, okay, I need to think on it. But then kept calling as if like, we didn't make an offer. And then like, he came to the, like the fucking label like three or four times and on the fourth time. He sits down, and I think he's just going to tell us, all right, I'll take the deal, like, where's the paperwork? He brings these fucking marketing people, and they, like, are getting ready to give give me and these other label people, like, this whole presentation. And literally, as they put it up on the big screen for us to see, I'm like, let me stop you there. Aglock completely wasted your fucking time. I don't know why he told you. We already made an offer. He can either say yes or no today. I don't even <laughs> hear anything you guys got to say. And they're looking at him like they clearly spent lots of time putting this PowerPoint presentation on what they're going to do to market the Aglock album. And I'm like, I give no fucks. 
Jesse That's why he got knocked out. That's why he got knocked out. Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, he got knocked out for just anything and everything, dude. The Griselda yeah, yeah. shit. The fucking yeah. Bro, okay. Ghetto girl. So, listen. I saved it. Like, I, like this dude in, in messages I have saved, like, you saved my life, bro. I was going to kill myself. Like, you bought me a... Like, I bought him a gift on his birthday. Like, You're talking about Aguilar, right? Yeah. Like, my mom yeah. didn't even buy me a gift. Like, like, oh, you, like I was going to kill myself. Like, because of you, like, I'm alive. Like, I have reason to live. So when I was making Matt the Ghost Face record, after Big Ghost finished, <laughs> I reached out to Aguilar, I reached out to Bronze to do the remixes. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like we have to keep the shit on the low because it's like people don't even know there's a big Ghost Ghost Face album yet, let alone a remix album. Mm -hmm. So as I, as I announced the album album, then Aguilar starts promoting on his own page this remix album. And I'm like, bro, oh stop. My God. Like, I have a whole fucking 90-day marketing plan with, with publicists and did it, you know, like the rollout for that was huge. I think yeah. it was the first time Big Ghost was like, you know, in Rolling Stone and here and there and like we were on CNN yeah. and that kind of shit. It was a big, you know, it was a big deal for everyone. Yep. Mm -hmm. so Ag was like, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I'm like, I give oh, no thoughts, bro. I'm yelling at you because you, you're not paying attention. Stop right. what you're doing. You're confusing the fans. You're you're hurting the money for me. So that that was our fallout. I'm like, I, I'll never work with you again. And literally, if I went on Instagram right now and clicked like my DMs for Aguilar, there's got to be at least 230 fucking messages yeah. that I never opened. At least he's, he's on ridiculous. his laptop too. He's on his laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah his laptop. Yeah. This fucking laptop. guy. Uh, whatever. We could go into fucking Aguilar. Yeah. Uh, so wait, back, back to the Rasul thing. So right. Rasul doesn't oh, get to shit. deal with RBC. Um. He, he released records through Chamber Music, but he wanted to hype. He reaches out. I'm in the grocery store one day, and he's like, I want to. I want you to work on this album for me, a brand new album. So when you reach out to me and you want me to work, like you're, I, I want to work with, you know, I want you to work for me. I have an A&R packet. It has my sliding scale fees. Like typically how it goes is this. I get paid a retainer. Then I construct your album. I do all the legal. I shop it. When we get the record deal or distribution deal, then I get, uh, you know, a commission. So if you take an advance, I get a commission of the advance rate. If you choose to take a deal without an advance, then I get like a, um, like, you know, a portion of the sales for X amount of times. Then I get a royalty rate once the album comes out. So, so I sent him the packet and he's like, Oh, you going to make me pay? Like, fuck that Hollywood. Like you Jewish motherfucker. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh my like, God. Yeah, 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 bro. Like you yeah. just, you went like, you know, so like, I know Russell's got some mental shit, but it's like, I can't argue with people like that. Like, Everyone pays, dude. One way or the other, everyone pays. Right. So, <laughs> Jesus it, yeah, that was it. And so, like, um, one when uh, when Priest was working on Rockets and Nebula, he's like, I'm in the studio right now with Rasul. I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here. I'm forwarding you these messages. And I sent him. He was dying. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you guys don't like yeah. each other. I'm like, yeah, Rasul, him, yeah, Rasul, Priest, Priest are pretty cool, yo. So yeah. it's crazy and, and how Rasul's on my favorite dead. song on the Priest album, um, the oh, uh, like Grandmother's <laughs> Land, great song. Well, 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 well. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's one of my close friends, yo. He's always over here at the crib and shit, yo. But I always wondered, like, what the fuck happened? Because he said, eat shit. He said, no, I will eat flamey mignon. Yeah, I was fact, in the grocery I'll store. I was buying yeah. groceries. I was getting flamey mignon. <laughs> I was getting lobster tails. I was getting fucking milk and cereal. What the fuck happened? I was like, yo. Cause when I met you for the first time, we was outside and you had the double, the double sided of Gazelda joint on. Yep. I said, you did you pay? Uh did you get it when it came out? Or you had to pay the uh the eBay price? Paid eBay. You had to pay the eBay price. And you look like, man, I, like, yeah, because that's when you couldn't get the hoodies like you couldn't that, you had to dude, get it. I think that was the first piece I bought, like, mm -hmm. and then like went back and found all their shit. Yeah. Like, um, like Huss. 
introduced me to Westside yeah, and to Conway. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I met Benny yeah, on my cool. own. And I was instantly drawn to working with Benny. And that you dropped uh, Plugs I Met, correct? No. No, um, not Plugs I Met. Uh, uh, I worked Tana on Tana Talk, Talk 3. Tana Talk 3, my um, bad. And then the project after that was supposed to be the <clears throat> Benny and Bronze project. But like, by the, after I put my PR resources and admin resources into... Tan Talk Three, like it went up. He, gone, he took dude. off. He took it, off. Yeah, Tan like, Talk Three. Like just, I wrote him two days ago. Actually, um, the 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 uh, premiere of Joe Pesci Thirty Eight was mm-hmm. two days ago, like a couple years ago. So it was like the anniversary of that, and that was see that was why Benny. I mean, I think he's the best to me, in my opinion. Like Huss's favorite is West Side. And I know people whose favorite is Conway. Um, oh fuck, where's it? oh? So Benny was the Did, first one to be like, okay, this is an album. It's not like a limited release, you know, like there was no like buy 100 copies of, of uh, Tan Talk 3 and it's sold out. You can never get it on CD again. So he was the first one to have like a major PR push. And now Westside and Conway and Benny all use my PR connect. Really? Word. Yeah. Word. Yeah, because yeah, at that Tan Talk 3, that shot him. Hey, that's, even though it, the album was good by itself, I did not. That, that push right there got him over the top, B. Like real yeah, shit. and what you, what you got to understand you know is, because all the all the Westside and Conway and Benny releases prior to that were were limited, limited edition True. runs. Like you don't really need to do crazy PR. If he can make an Instagram post and sell out, why would you do that? It's just giving money away. I knew this was gonna be something bigger, and this is crazy. And I guarantee you, no one knows this. Oh like shit! Six, six can we go miss? Can we go miss? Six to eight months before Griselda announced they signed with Shady, I sent an email, and I still have the email to uh, executives at BMG and RBC. There's these guys, you gotta check them out. They're gonna, they're gonna be on, they're gonna be the next top dudes. It was, it was Westside and Conway. And the two, three, four label executives are like, pass, pass, pass. And then- That's what they did the big ghost too. Meeting, yeah. Meetings years later, everyone's like, yeah, we should have taken that email more serious. They're yeah. just, you know, like it's, it's hit or miss with me when I send labels messages about projects I'm working on or artists I like and shit like that. And it's because the majority of times, unless it's a legendary dude that has a sound scan history and a track record, you know, the label can't make an offer. It doesn't make sense in their head mathematically. If, if you see someone like Cannabis and be like, okay, on average, dude pumps out and sells 10,000 units. So we can offer max. It's, it's, a, it's a math game to them. With sure. the new people, the majority of times I've brought in new dudes you've never heard of that a label exec might be like, that's the most talented person you ever brought in here, but their social media stats suck. They have no PBS uh-huh. history, no sound scan history, no tour history. Therefore, tell them to get their numbers up and get back to us in a year or two. That's all it is, yeah. Yeah, and it's really hard for the artist to hear that sometime and still, like, be motivated. Well, that's kind of how they approached Westside and Conway because there was no stats. Like, um, I can't go get a record deal for, like, insert any name you want, any of these dudes that – can put an ad up on Instagram and sell out of their physicals, you know, and make like, they're like, like when Huss did cocaine beats, I made like 32 grand in like 12 minutes on the physical yeah. side, boom, gone. Um, but that doesn't equate to a sound scan, you know? Mm-hmm. So therefore to a label, it's just hearsay. It's like, okay, even if you show them the PayPal receipts, they care about what they can physically see that's registered, that has the Nielsen sound scan attached to it. And typically these dudes aren't killing it on the digital world. Now your West sides and Conway's and Benny's and your Husk Kingpins and stuff like that. They are now after all these years because they built the base. True did. Right, also, right. Uh, I would like to add something in right quick. Uh, for those of you who are wondering about this, Rome Street, his last release, 
he had to do an industry style release because that's what he was doing. He was doing what uh, M80 was saying, just selling out of his copies of a CD, making some money, you know what I'm saying? But they had to, he had to put an industry release out there so people could think or see the numbers he's going with. I wonder, so you know, I wonder, he's I going wonder with, Luke, uh, if you, if you yeah. know this, since, since you and Rome are close as well. Rome was originally supposed to be on Pearl Harbor on the Wu-Tang Saga album with Sean Price and RZA. Yeah, I mm. figured when we interviewed Matt. him because uh, yep. he uh, works closely with a lot of mathematics in them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, so I, that, I didn't that know. Very interesting. Cake. That would have been fucking dope. Definitely, yeah, it would have been. Yes, it would have been. Very interesting. Fuck, man. All right, so hold on a second. Right. I want to I want to come back to the book, though. We, we went off oh, on yeah. a tangent. Ah, the book. We did, yo. Yeah, the book. The book. <laughs> so uh, famous <laughs> dick pics, uh, M80. <laughs> Yes, sir. There's a there's some very funny stories uh, <laughs> regarding the rollout, promotion, and marketing of this book uh, that I would love for you to discuss with us. So, for those of you out there who don't know, um, we we talked about in the beginning. It's called Famous Dick Pics, and mm -hmm. he discusses famous people named Richard, whose nickname is Dick. For those of you out there who don't know. Uh, back in the day, everybody named Richard, you know, you call him Dick, and that was like normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's the norm. No homo. Yeah, so, he, so he got guys, you know, he got like Dick Vitale, he got fucking Richard <laughs> Simmons, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. Anyways, it's very funny. But uh, M80 enlisted Stormy Daniels, the porn star who fucked Donald Trump raw, <laughs> yeah. all right, to write the foreword to this book. All right. Don't drink after so, that, bitch. Go ahead. M80. Yeah, M80. I would like for you to to tell our listeners the backstory of how you enlisted Stormy Daniels and then what transpired from there. Please. Uh, I was in Brooklyn at a concert. I went I flew out from LA to Brooklyn to specifically see the band Cold. They were huge in the in the late 90s. Uh, early 2000s and now my friend Lindsay and this is a crazy story like Lindsay I met Lindsay through my brother and you know he's like you work for Wu-Tang like how like you you know being <laughs> like, like from the Midwest like tell me the story so she, how? she yeah, like what how, how does this all transpire give her that story um, she's like my favorite band is Cold my dream's always been to be the, like to play bass in the band Cold and I'm like it's gonna happen she's like what I'm like it'll happen like you know just like, like I mean you know, that, that was my advice. It's going to happen. She became the <laughs> bass player for Cole. Holy shit. And she, she ended up did? Getting, like, she, she, before she got the offer to play in the band, she got the, like, the, the, their logos, the big spider. She got the spider yeah. tattoo. And uh, they reached wow. out, and she's the bass player on their newest album and did the last tour. So wow. I didn't think they were doing a show in California. I think they ended up doing it, like, they got added to the tour later. So I flew to New York, and I go on the tour bus, and Stormy Daniels is on the tour bus, apparently friends. What the fuck? With Scooter, the the head of the band, okay. and I, you know, just like briefly talk to her, get a picture, that kind of shit. Then they fly to L.A. months and months later for like the AVNs, I think, or the Porn Awards or some yeah, shit. Yeah, Porn Awards. Yep. And yeah, we're at a bar. Are... We're at a bar, and uh, Lindsay tells her about this book I'm writing, and Stormy's manager. Before I even ask, Stormy's manager like, "You should have Stormy write the forward. That'd be hilarious." And I'm like. All right, we'll talk about it. I'll let you in. Like, they start, like, hitting me up on a weekly basis. Like, so are you ready to talk the business of the book? And I'm like, no, I kind of want to, like, get near, like, completion of it before I worry yes. about that. Like, I'm still, it's still being made. So mm -hmm. a couple months go by. I finish writing the book. And I reach out and make make an offer. I offered her, like, a 1000 bucks to do the forward and some promo. 
In fact, no, at first it was just the forward. She wrote back, like, okay, like, I'm going to do the promotion for you as well. And I think I posted that email. Yeah. Um, so I had a deadline, you know, because I wanted to get everything into the editor and to the manufacturer and stuff. So we missed the deadline by like three weeks because she's you know, so fucking busy. I'm like, dude, doing she's what? Four paragraphs about dicks. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> what the you know, fuck's like, she doing? Dude, uh, she's shooting a, a TV show right now where she like fake hunts ghosts. What? Yeah. Yeah, right. That's what, what? she's doing. Oh my god! So, Word. so they turn ghost, it really they penises? Turn it the fucking forward like three weeks late, and the, and the manager's like, you know what? Instead of a thousand, shoot me seven fifty, and I pay him. Mm-hmm. And then I send when they're like, okay, we'll promote it for you. Let us know what you need and when. I send a post. I'm like, I need you to post this on October fifteenth and November third. Here's the picture. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the blurb. Like, so it's literally copy and paste. We're talking about fifteen yeah. seconds tops. Yep. That's when it all went bad. Like. I'll, okay, I'll get her. Like, I'm, I'm hitting the dude every day. Like, you know, she hasn't posted yet. So it got to the point, like, if she's literally too fucking busy to make this post that she could do while smoking a cigarette, while taking a fucking crap, while yeah. sitting on the tour bus, anything, run me half my money back. And it gets like, you know, dude, like, dude, think, he's like, I'm not paying you. And I'm like, I paid you. So therefore you're paying me. She can yeah. reimburse you, but you're the one responsible. Like, that's how it goes. Like, whoever, yeah. like, people buy, like, like in, in the music world, Millions of people, not, well, not millions, but tens of thousands, let's say, come to me to get their, like, broker their features for their projects. And I've never, knock on wood, I've never had an ill experience, a bad experience where, like, the person didn't get their vocals. Um, and people feel comfortable going with me because everything I do is, like, on paper. It's all contracted. And if mm-hmm. something bad happens, I'm responsible for your money, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, right. if you give me 40 racks for a Snoop verse and Snoop just takes the money, oh, shit, man, I owe this guy 40 grand. That's never yeah. happened. It never will. Yeah. But you get it. So, like, this dude's, like, arguing his way around paying me back 375 bucks, And I'm like, no, bro, like, I, I really don't have time for this conversation. Just sh- send me the money. I'll come fuck yeah. you up. And, uh, <laughs> come fuck you up real quick, bro. Like, I got people, with, like, in your real locality. Quick. And this dude's like, oh, you're threatening me? You're taking it there? And this is very important for your listeners at home. Every man's price has – or every man's life has a price. And you, as the person, determine what that price is. So this dude clearly put himself in a situation where I'm like, I'm talking about hospitalizing you for $375. That's the price of your life right now, $375. Bucks. I try to do mine in the millions. Like, that's why I do good business. I try to be good to people unless otherwise it comes, you know, like you're coming at me crazy. Um, I want to live out my life's potential. So this guy's like, damn, I can't. Well, he's like, fine. I'm going to talk to her. Like, I'm going to, and I posted that message too. I'm just going to get you this money back tomorrow. And then let's be done with this. Like, it's great. We don't ever have to talk again. Just give me the money back. You guys literally are valuing her. They're like, oh, she charges like 10 grand for a social media post. I'm like, bro, her social media posts get like a few hundred more likes and views than my shit. Right. You want me to post so, them for you on social media? Give me $1. Like, yeah. you know, like dumb shit, whatever. Like, what the so, fuck are they even talking about? And, and again, yeah, like M80, man, like, like you said, this can be done while taking a shit. I just don't understand yes. what was so difficult. And girl, no, and girl sit down when like, they peak. So you can do I'm it once you peak. Day girl five, sit down. day seven, day nine. Like, can you make the post? Because clearly, okay, like it's like marketing. It only matters if it's done correct and on the right timeline. Right. So, like, she didn't do it on the day we launched pre orders. She didn't do it on the day the book came out, you know? So it's yeah. like, uh, okay. Another example Ghostface was mad at me. For some stupid shit, when the Buckingham Palace video came out, 
and the pre-order launch for Dope Media. And that's, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. So Ghostface that whole first week did not make a social media post for the Lost Tapes. I saw that. So it's like, <laughs> clearly if he did, they would sell out. Right. Now, also what but, people need to understand is, like, this was a limited edition release, quote-unquote, for in terms for Ghostface. Limited yep. edition for Ghostface is like 7,500 units, physical. Yep. Everyone else on Dope gets like 1,000 or less. You know, yep. except, except Westside, who can do like four or 5,000. Yep. So, you know, not, him not making a post for the whole week clearly hurt. Like, yep. like, dude, what the fuck? You know, and in his contract, there was social media promotions and stuff that, you know, like, the, the crazy thing is he didn't actually like, you know, like, like the album and like what I did to it and everything until mm-hmm. so, um, so many of the fans, like, gave positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like we, we had, we had a conversation two weeks ago. This is hilarious. Cause I, we were like ranking where it is in his discography and I have it in the top six and then ghost had to like talk it out and be like, you know what? Okay. I'll go with six. I'll give you number six. <laughs> you know, but like, yo man, I did pretty Tony. I'm like pretty Tony's at number three or four, man. I did, um, bulletproof walls. Bulletproof walls is number five. Yeah, I mean, it's like they say a lot. Yeah. And he said like, uh, what do you think about my newest? And I'm like, I hate it. He's like, what do you think about, uh, you know, like, he like, said that. I hate it straight up. Shit, that's just random <laughs> shit. But, that, um, yeah, like that ghost so, face so, killing shit killed me. <laughs> dude, well, I guess, I guess what, what one of the issues was, was they had been working on the ghost face killers way before I came in to do the lost tapes mm-hmm. and me and ghost and, and Mike his manager, man, we had the biggest argument ever about naming it the lost tapes. Cause in his mind, the lost tape, or in my mind, lost tapes is like, some old shit you found and you put together and throw it out. Like Nas, like Tupac, right. like a million right. other rappers. Ghost had the world's longest winded justification for calling it that shit. It's the resurrection of that Supreme clientele, Cuban links era sound, bro. I'm like, you do understand. I'm going to have to explain this in thousands of interviews now. Yo, like, yo, so he I am, named ho- ho- yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I am very happy hey, yo, that yo, you are yo, clearing bro. this up for us there right now. There you go. Because... <laughs> I thought you <laughs> named it the Lost Tapes. You know what I named it? And they said no. I what? named it Clientel Supreme. <laughs> Word, that's better than the Lost Tapes. No, Clientel Supreme is actually the perfect title because it's Ghost and all these people. Clientel right. Supreme. Yeah. Oh, and, oh then, my God. And, then, and then Ghost had said maybe we'll do the Supreme Sessions. So I, I had like 10,000 posters made with the Supreme Sessions. And Mike was like, oh, no, he doesn't want that title. You got to throw them away. I'm like, you want me to throw away 10,000 posters? He's like, yeah, Jesus. I'll pay you. I'll pay you for him, and they pay me back. I'm like, okay, wow. Mike Caruso. Dude. Yeah. All right. So, so what hold, the fuck? Go ahead. Yeah, Mace. hold on. Hold on. So the all Lost right. Tapes so, is the worst title of the three, and that was Ghost Pick. Yeah. Oh, all right. Thank you for putting that info out there, because fucking yeah. Ghostface, bro. Like my guy. What are you yeah. doing? It, it, I, I, all right. I'm done. I'm done. His music was never lost. He doesn't get it. And then you have to go on every promotion of it and explain mm-hmm. it. What a yeah. pain in the fucking balls. All right. Bro, now, come on. side uh, note. Mike, 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 goes, Mike goes, look, there's songs on here you really like. I'm like, I like the whole shit. I wasn't like, I got to hear all the Ghostface parts before I decide to, like, make this product. You know, we're in the studio. We're in Paramount in Hollywood. And, uh. I'd call Lear Cohen right now and he'll tell you 10 reasons why calling it the Lost Tapes is a good idea. And I'm like, you don't have to make the call because I know you're fucking full of shit. But okay, yeah. if we're going to call uh, it the Lost Tapes, so be it. Jesus, Unreal. No. Now, now Emmy, ah, Emmy man. listen, uh, Ghostface <laughs> Kill is my favorite rapper of all yes, time. Sir. Period. Yes, sir. All right. 
Can you fucking tell whoever runs his Instagram to unblock me? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, run, it's run by like two, three people. So yeah, I'm, 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 gonna hit a couple, I'm gonna hit a couple points for you. My um, guy, hit hit him up because they got mad at me because I shitted on the Ghostface Killers album publicly, oh, and yeah. and I got immediately blocked. Meanwhile, if you, if you if you go listen, they don't. I mean, one of the guys likes me, the other two not so much, which is their prerogative because they're white dudes, you know, and like all all white people like secretly hate each other. Like in the rap world, like, like, okay, like this is the best. When I worked for Corrupt, and like, I mean, we still work together now, but in like 2011, 2013, when we worked like all the time, he'd take me everywhere, and I'm the one white dude. And then his brother Roscoe showed up one time with a bunch of people and another white guy, and it was like a stare off. Man, I'm the white dude. Yeah, bro. Like, what are you doing here? And that's how I feel like when I go to yeah. white basketball gyms, and yeah. like I see another black guy in there. I'm like, yo, man, I'm supposed to be the only nice one in here, son. I'm the yeah. only one with the handles. Everybody yeah. else can so, shoot. No so there was that. Um, um, okay, back to the ghost face shit. So yeah. this is, okay, so Priest Priest didn't talk to me for like seven months. Oh, God. Um, so I go to this meeting. Ghostface is there, Priest is there, Mike Crusoe's there. Guys, I have an idea. I want to do a Ghostface and Kill Priest album. And this is how many songs and da-da-da. And this is my budget. Ghostface and Mike look at each other and they go, okay, we'll take all of it. Literally in front of Priest's face, tell him, if you want to do this project, you can get paid zero. What? what the yeah, fuck? In Priest's face. So I said, oh, in that case, let's just make a Ghostface album. If you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask my friend Kill Priest to take zero dollars and zero cents, and nor yeah. am I making the budget any bigger than like you know I got like, there's taking care of Ghost, there's studio, there's features, there's big Ghost, da da. Um, and Ghostface at the time was like, I don't, oh, that's the guy who like people think is me. I'm gonna charge yeah. you extra just because. What? Oh god. Oh my god. Ghostface straight up. Ghostface straight up told oh, me, man. "If you wanna do the project with like bronze, I'll charge you like way less." But no, I I knew I wanted to make a Ghostface big Ghost project, and especially after he said no to the Kill a Priest idea. But so when the album came out, I tried to. Uh, I had a situation. There was supposed to be the big uh, the big Ghost Ghostface album a RZA album that was supposed to be like a new version of the sting, like in the swarm, like another one of those. Yep. Yep. Um, this EDM project I had a kill a priest album and one other project. So these all had like, like offers. And, uh, this other a and label was like, fuck that white dude. Like, like, oh, don't need him. like, like, let's get, let's get this ghost face album and like tell him to kick rocks. So priest, I turned the ghost face album and literally the label tells me to go fuck myself. Like, we don't like you. And they didn't like me because, like, I'm very assertive. And I was I was literally in meetings, like, you should let me run your company. You should let me run <laughs> the A&R department for your company. Like, this other guy they had, um, Bad Talk Entertainment, uh, Priest knew who it was, uh, Omar Sharif or some shit. All these projects he does are, like, selling a 1,000 units or less. Like, it's nothing to a label. That's literally tax write-off shit. Yeah. Uh, here comes Ghostface. It gave them the highest charting hip like rap album they've ever had. So, clearly... You want to roll with me. I mean, if the next album after Ghostface is RZA, that's going to do numbers. Priest right. album, do some numbers, that kind of shit. Right. So I turned the Ghostface album. They told me to go fuck myself. Priest doesn't get his deal. RZA doesn't get his deal. The EDM project doesn't get their deal. But Priest didn't talk to me for like seven months. Like, he thought he got after shit that? the Ghostface situation. And, of course, he doesn't yell at Ghostface. It's all me. Yeah. You could have made, made sure I got the money. Like, bro. If he says he wants 100% of the budget, that means he's the one that, like, took you out of it. Yeah. You're going to me is pointless. Right. 
Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you going to do at that point? There's nothing you can do other than protect him and say, fuck it, he's not going to do yeah. this work for and, free. And, like, oh, well, I should have got paid for the record. Okay, well, Ghostface got all the money, so ask him for it. Like, <laughs> that's how that shit's supposed to go. Like, if you refer some money to someone, you know, you can ask him for some of it. Like, I, you know, that, that's how it goes, man. I refer money to people, like, for features, for, for production, for album deals. I get my cut. I have right. a question. I have a question. Yep. Do, do you think that, uh, okay, Big Ghost did his verses before the album was over with, correct? Before all the other features put, put, were put in. Ghostface, Ghostface did his verses first. Yeah. So, boom, he already got paid then, right? Yes. So you think he, he uh, didn't post because he already got paid? Like, oh, it's already done. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, here's why he didn't post. They tried to stifle me. Like, they, Ghostface at first looked at me like it was going to be a lick situation, which is hilarious because, like, we've been Wu-Tang family for so long. I've been on your tours. I've been doing that. Like, they, I've been on tours with Ghosts dating back to Project Revolution. You was like, just so. overseas with them niggas, right? Uh, yeah. Just a second ago. Yeah. 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 I saw that so shit. Like, you were with my homie L's, yeah. So Ghost looked at it like, okay, I'm going to get the money, do my parts. Then, like, you know, telling Mike Caruso, hey, man, like, you know, like, play him to the side a little bit. I'm, I'm a thousand percent certain that's how it went down. They don't have to convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, so I met with Mike one time after, one, maybe once or twice. He lives like two hours from me, so it's a you know a fucking track. Yeah. Um, play him like the mixes as we're going. But when I had the album done, I'm like, hey, I need to see you. I need you to approve the master. I need you and Ghost to. He confirmed and canceled on me 16 times. What the Jesus fuck? fucking Christ, man. So one time <laughs> I woke up early on a Saturday morning. I'm like, I'm driving to his house. He lived like you know like again a couple hours away. I get there. I literally drove two hours. He's not home. He's in L.A. Like, uh, I'm like, fuck. Okay, you know what, dude, dude? I like the album how it is. It's coming out. That's how it's good. This is how it's happening. Now, remind you, I got Snoop and E-40 on a song. And West yes. Side and Conway were supposed to be on that song, so, you know, they did not turn in their vocals. Mm. Um, then, like, like Benny, you know, got on Buckingham Palace. Um, yep. Well, I got fucking, um, like, the only input Mike had given me was, um, huh. uh, I think there was an issue with Ghostface and Cormega dating, like, way back. I don't remember like the specifics of it, but I had Cormega originally on the song Cold Crush. And mm. and interestingly enough, Cormega has to be taken off. Wow. So after he did the track, like he then was like, Okay, I need Ghost on this song for my album. And I'm like and, and Ghost was like, All right, tell him I want X amount of money. And Cormega did his shit for free and was like, Yeah, no, take me off. I'm like, bro, Ghost already gave you a verse for like whatever the Tony Montana joint was from I forgot what what Cormega yeah. Yeah, that that was on his legal hustle shit like a yeah. million years so, like, ago. That was that, a dope song too. Trade off. Yeah, uh, but so so like I get. <laughs> I'm like I'm not the guy you come to to ask for free shit. I'm the guy you come with a budget and I connect the dots. That's like I don't, I, I can't call anyone and ask them to do anything for free. I don't have that kind of pull. Yeah. Um, so it's nice when people decide to do that for me. Um, if it's something <laughs> specifically to like something I'm in charge of or need. Um, yep. <laughs> so Cormega gets taken off and we put Raz on it. Um, and then oh, just so you know, too, super last minute, Ghostface was the one that was like, Yeah, put my man Harley, who's dope, he sings, but like, we didn't want to make that kind of record. It, it fit, <laughs> well, it fit on the, the Done It Again joint with Big Daddy Kane, but like, doesn't mean anything on the Cold Crush song. Like, so, like, okay, cool, we, we put your guy on here, but every every single other feature on that album was at my discretion. And no. they, hold they on, canceling those meetings for me to hear the master thinking like okay cool like it will never come out 
And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not going to let, like, you, you think, like, for anyone to think that that was a good idea is hilarious. Like, no. I, I want to move at all times. What the fuck is going on with Ghostface that he wants to add a singer to that track? Like, what? He likes like singer. He a real soulful dude, yo. Oh, like, my yeah, God. Yeah. He body, uh, Ghost, he has, Ghost has a whole EP with Harley that he um, he wanted me to shop, and I said no. <laughs> Jesus but, but I'm like, but I, but I will, but I will shop, you know, Supreme Clients out too. I will shop whatever the fuck, Blue and Cream, or whatever else you got in the pipeline. Um, me and Ghost would do a lot more work together if if we were like central to each other, like if I lived in New York, yeah. we would, we were, we were at that phase now where, you know, we're, we talk a lot and we'd work a lot. It's not as easy because ghost isn't like a super tech savvy guy, you know, like yeah. he's an artist. No, no, no. Yeah. So like, Hey ghost, you know, I need you to draft me a one sheet for Supreme clientele too. Fuck out of here. What do you mean? What the yeah, fuck like, is the draft sheet? Hey, yeah. Yo, how you work the iPhone? How you FaceTime, son? Yes. Nothing, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's Ghostface. Yes. So, like, impression. if I was physically yeah. there, clearly I would just do all the <laughs> shit. Like, and then go get the money and go get the deals and all that. But, yeah, so, um, uh, he was mad. You'll laugh your ass off about this. He was, okay, so he didn't promote the record the first week because we did that Buckingham Palace video. And, like, the week before, we had an offer to do Majestic Accolades from the label. They were going to pay for it. So, Planet Asia, Haas. And Ghostface was going to be shot in this in this bank vault kind of thing, and uh, Ghost was like, "Not all money's good money." And I'm like, "I understand what? when people say that, but like this is a, this is an example of where you're using it in the wrong context. A label's going to pay money for your own music video, so it's like you just you just, usually as a rapper you just got to do those shits, you know? It's yep. nice when the labels paying you for it. So Ghost says no to that. Then like literally, yo, go tell them to go fuck themselves. The old money ain't good money. So, like, when people tell me that, I'm, I, I will literally pick up the phone and be like, yeah, so Ghostface said go fuck yourself. Like, I don't make it work. <laughs> you know? Like, and I'm like, okay, to the fucking record label. Oh, no. So then Ghost calls, like, a week later. Like, um, yo, can we still get the bread? I'll do that video. And I'm like, oh, bro, I man. literally told them word for word what you told me to tell. Like, no, we can't get the money. So, so I fly out to this Chicago. Is not good. And, and literally, okay, I'm like, yo, I'm freaking the fuck out of this. We're at a Wu-Tang Clan show. It's, it's for The Breaks. It's a festival called The Breaks in Chicago. Like, Slaughterhouse is there, and Jen and Mindtricks is there, and uh, um, Chino XL and more Technique, they're there. Uh, I pay literally on the spot a videographer. I'm like, here's, like, the guy's just, the guy's just already there filming the show. Here's a hundred bucks. Film as much content as you can of Ghost on stage. So, with the Buckingham Palace video, you realize there's no real Ghost shots. Yeah, right. yep. But there's shots yeah, yeah. of Crooked Eye, Betty yeah. and Spesh, and I pieced it together that way. So he was mad about that video. Like people were like, yo, the, you, I, you, I just saw your new video. Fucking the song's crazy, and Ghost's like, what? <laughs> like, dude, again, Christ. I'm gonna do what the fuck I have to do every time to make a project successful. Like even right. my book, dude. I'm releasing a fucking rap song for my book tomorrow with William Hung. Yes. Like, oh. if it helps me sell, yeah, if it helps yes. me sell ten copies that day, it's yeah, a win. It's that. All right, hold, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold. I got one second, one thing to ask him. Hey, yo, uh, I sent the skit to uh, Big Ghost to get on that uh, Ghostface album. You you heard that shit? Yes, I I um when this guy Jason that worked for Divine, um, he was like, we're gonna get Michael Rappaport. So at that point, I was like, okay, I guess we got Michael Rappaport. Like literally, literally, you I think you sent yours in like two days before. So at the time I'm like, cool. Cause I, I, um, 
you were on the skit from Stabbed and Shot, the intro. That's you? Really? Yeah. Is that you or not? On Stabbed and Shot? Yeah. Nah, no. nah. I'm on, I'm on uh, all the, all the, other, I'm on the Crime Apples joint and um. Okay, so yeah, I always I thought, I always thought that was you on Stabbed and Shot. So at the mm. time, I was like, oh, I can't wait. I love that guy. Word. <laughs> right, so whoever, whoever that is on the intro of Stabbed and Shot. <laughs> but oh okay. yeah, 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 you're on, you're on Cocaine Beach, right? Cocaine Beach. Uh, yeah. Every bullet for a heathen. That's that's okay. why Hus, me and Hus linked up at the uh, A3C. Yeah. It was very important yeah. to see, for that shit. And I was surprised to see you out there. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, dude, that was uh. Yeah, like you had like ten million dollars worth of jewels on this shit out there, on at motherfucking yo. You shouldn't be there hanging out like no more in front of five two nine with them jewels. Anyway, whoa, whoa, it's been pretty rough over there. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was that same year or maybe the next year A three C. I have an artist named Poindexter. Um, I signed him and this producer Fresh Dozen. Fresh Dozen's like, I mean, he's he's like he raps too. Like, so I got him as a producer rapper. Okay. Raps. But Fresh does it, it like we he's like on his way to being like three or four times platinum. With he did the NLE Camelot or NLE Chopper of Camelot joint. Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah dude. The baby and Stunner yeah. from Vegas and stuff like that. But uh, and Black Boy JB single. So Poindexter's performing dude, at a dude, showcase at one cool, of those yeah. clubs. Huh? Yeah. Yes, yeah, cool. Uh, I didn't know you did those dudes. I didn't know you did those. Yeah. Millions, yeah. those are the dudes that we don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no. Well, like you know, I'm the, <laughs> I got, I'm, my, I'm behind the producer though. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pause. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, Pause. Poindexter's <laughs> playing. Poindexter's playing at this club in Atlanta, and I hear shots. And I, I, I tell him to get down. I tackle him. I'm holding my drink. I don't spill a drop of drink. And I'm telling everyone, yo, get down. Like, like, everyone's in the club operating like they don't hear this shit. Like, I'm the only one who hears these shots. <laughs> and uh, everyone gets down, and then, like, they, you know, like, then you don't hear any shots. Everyone goes outside, and every fucking car on the street is lit up. And like wow. 15 shots through, I don't. I, it might have been that same club, dude. Whatever Five, you two, nine. Might have been. Yeah, right there uh, on uh, East Atlanta over there. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember this. <laughs> no, yeah. So I think this was the following A3C year. Yeah, everybody um, got hammers in Atlanta, yo. Everybody, yeah. even like four year olds. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like yeah. You get them in the you get them in the cereal box now. Is that yeah, the point? you know how you, yeah <laughs> you know how to tie your shoes. You get a gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. Oh, go, go ahead, um, miss. Go ahead, so, miss. Go ahead, miss. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, well, I was gonna change subjects. So if you yeah, had something yeah. to finish up, go ahead, Emmy. Oh, so, so like like I literally saved this dude's life, and he wasn't signed to me at the time, but I made a pretty oh compelling, that's how you I made a pretty compelling oh, argument for why he should be signed to me. You definitely got him the three year anniversary of that. Bro, <laughs> you did you did the Jar Jar Binks to him, like when uh, Liam Neeson saved his life in Star Wars. No. That's what you did to this motherfucker, yo. No. Yeah. Crazy. All right, now uh, you mentioned just a few moments ago about William Hung, and I would love to discuss this. So, True indeed. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, William Hung was a contestant, I believe, on American, American Idol. American Idol. Yeah, she um, She bang. Yes, yes, that guy. He's saying that, right? I think, I guess, yes, I don't know. Anyways, he's an Asian. Uh, I don't know where he's from. Uh, anyways, he became wildly popular and famous because of that shit. And uh, now that M80 has some issues with Stormy Daniels not helping <laughs> to promote the book, he has enlisted the skills <laughs> and services of William <laughs> Hung to record a brand new song called Soy Sauce Tears. He is. Produced by motherfucking Dirty Diggs. Shout out Dirty Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And two Asian, song, bro. 
Yes. Now, yeah, you kept it all the way real with this shit, M80. And yeah, soy sauce uh, tears, man. T- today's episode releases Tuesday the 17th. Everybody's listening to it now. But mm-hmm. this fucking song debuted yesterday, Soy Sauce Tears Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. M80, please tell us how the fuck this came into fruition. <laughs> I, I So, I, like, three months ago, four months ago, I started looking on Cameo and... Uh, and just like figuring I'm going to find funny dick people to promote the book. So the first person <laughs> I got was Andy Dick, who did like Yo, the Andy longest Dick. cameo in the history of cameos. And people <laughs> reacted well to that. Um, then, you know, I got some others. So I saw William Hung on there for 20 bucks. I'm like, I'll spend 20 bucks with William Hung. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I posted William Hung. Literally, like you send people the money for the cameo and it's like, okay, like this will be done in like five to seven days. This motherfucker got the email request, literally was driving his car, pulled over on the side of the road, did my ca- I got the thing back in like 15 minutes. Bro, like, holy that shit. That is hilarious. That was great. <laughs> so, so I posted it. I posted it on Instagram and Facebook, and literally that day sold like $800 in books. I'm like, nice. fuck yeah. My $20, my $20 investment came back 800 bucks. So yep. then a day passed, and I sent William Hunger another 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I posted that video he makes. And then that's that's when he's like, if Stormy Daniels won't promote your book, I'll promote your book. I won't steal your money. Like me and son, like I type out the script, you know, he says it. And uh, then that day I made like four or five hundred bucks. I'm like, this is clearly a good investment. Forty bar, I'm up over a thousand. Then the third one, I sent him twenty bucks, and I have him sing the soy sauce tears hook. Oh my god! Yo, I gotta get on cameo, man. Jesus you Christ. definitely have to get you on there. You like, just dropping, you dropping mad knowledge on, on dude, just right here. This listen, is, this so is the ridiculous. crazy thing is so Snoop, Snoop Dogg's on there, and you can get a cameo from Snoop for 900 bucks. Snoop literally, like, will get, like, 50 in a week. Okay, so 50 times 900. Holy and shit. And he'll do, and he'll do none of them. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just, <laughs> why wouldn't you just set aside, yeah, none. And, like, so, like, he showed me all these cancellation requests. I'm like, why won't you just take, like, two hours out of your day on a Sunday or some shit while you're watching football or in between football games. Yo, what up, Todd? Yeah, happy birthday. Just, <laughs> bucks. No, right. and like, like, I'm like, come on. Right, so that's crazy to me. Like, That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But the average oh. person on there, you know, is making like, I don't know what cut cameo gets, but the average person on there is like 20 to 100 bucks. That okay. is so fucking wild. All right. Now, I, could, so I, could now, okay. Dick, I could get Dick Buttkiss to do his promo for the book, but he's 2 99 <laughs> Really? Two ninety nine for fucking Dick Butkins, bro. One hundred ninety nine bucks. So you get to tell him what to say to? You get to tell him what to say to? Yeah. Okay. This is this is amazing. I had had a lot of people I I paid and sent the scripts to that didn't do it. Like this guy Doug Cockle. The guy last name (laughs) Cockle. That's a great name for the book. I took out the script and was like, "Hi, I'm Doug Cockle for Madigan's Tim Dunnan's famous dick pics." And I just wanted to tell you, my last name's Cockle. And did I mention my fucking name's Cockle? And my last name's fucking Cockle. (laughs) And he wouldn't do it. Oh my god! I got the money back, and I'm like, "Come on, dude, it's funny." Why the fuck? What's wrong with these people, man? You pay me anything, I'll say whatever the (laughs) fuck you want, man. Hey, yo, we get we logging on Cameo. Right after this, Miz. Facts. Yeah, son. Facts. Yo, yeah. so M80, you rap on this track with William Hung, right? Yes, I do. I put a 24-bar <laughs> verse on there. <laughs> My dude, I cannot <laughs> wait to fucking hear this, bro. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so now th- th- let me segue into, like, your origin story. So, like, yes, you indeed. know, you're, you're fucking rapping over here mm-hmm. with William Hung, but motherfuckers don't realize, like, 
yo, M80 is a motherfucking rapper. He's a fucking world record holding freestylist. So uh, M80, can you give us like, what's your origin story? How did how did a white Jewish boy from fucking uh, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio, yep. uh, get into hip hop and become a fucking world renowned A R for like Wu Tang and shit? Like, how did this all come about? I started rapping when I was thirteen, and everyone else. Like, I, I also played bass guitar because everyone, all the all the dudes in in junior high that had hot chicks apparently were in bands, so I, I, I gave that a whirl. <laughs> You know, oh, I played. Indeed. Yeah. So then, then there's no rappers though in Toledo, Ohio, when I, at, at my school, when I was, you know. So my yep. initial rap name was Eminem, the initials, Eminem, which are my initials, Matthew. They the are. Get, yeah. get, get, get out of here. Swear to God. <laughs> right. So my bro, I have an older brother. When we moved from Toledo to Indianapolis the next year, I put out my first tape when I was 16, and it was all, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna rap over. This cannabis beat, this Dr. Dre beat, this da da da. It was that, like recording on karaoke machines. Okay, okay, okay. And yep. I had to, like, one at a time make the cassette tape. Double, you know, yeah. Like, sell them every day in school. And yep. um, my brother, after the first tape came out, was like, there's a dude named Eminem. Uh, like, <laughs> like, no, Eminem just dropped Infinite, you know? <laughs> right. Eminem just dropped Infinite. And, um, Yo, well, like, me and you were actually, almost. Like, Yo, M80, me and you were almost the same age. We came yeah. up, uh, we're 80s babies. So this was like, we're talking like the mid-90s right now in high school, right? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, well, yeah. 96. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Word. So, I'm an element, and, I'm I did, an and I didn't drop, I didn't drop until 98. Um, so he tells me, there's this dude. Okay, like, cool, I remember cool, I was cool. at my friend Tyler's house and like, my brother came by and told me this shit. And he's like, if you're like, seriously thinking like, you want to like, be a rapper, like, I think you should change your name. So I went through this long like awkward period of not having a name. Yep. Um, it was like okay. a couple of years. Like, so I put out tapes as like Matt Markoff. I put out yep. two tapes as Sir Slick Sack. <laughs> Sir Slick Sack, man. <laughs> then, then one day, like, so when I hit you on your pager, my code was 777. Oh shit, it's yep. Sir Slick Sack, yo. <laughs> so that, that was that. Slick Sack, um, Sir Slick Slack. I'm coming home. I'm with my friend Justin and I, I swam in high school and played basketball and lacrosse and shit. So we're coming home from swim okay, practice. Okay, okay. And Justin's like, I got it. You should be M1000. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> He's laughing and I'm laughing. And I'm sitting there like, M80 though. That could work. Yeah. He's like, what's, what's M80? I'm like, it's an explosive. It's, yeah, definitely, it's definitely. a protruding effect. It leaves an impact. Like, So like, <laughs> that's my persona. You won't forget meeting me. You won't, you know, that kind of shit. He's like, yep. that will work. So from 98 on, it was M80. But there are, work. I do have a copy of a Sir Slick Sack thing. Yo, you wow. gotta put that out. You gotta, you got, yeah. <laughs> you gotta sell it for mad money on the joint. So, dude, I, oh. I had before before the expert explosive dropped, which was my first actual CD that was like in stores. I had regional distribution. I was in like like uh, Karmas and Fyes and Sam Goodies and Barnes wow. and Nobles and those kind of shits. Wow. Um, like I had like five or six cassette tapes. I did like eight or nine CDs. So like someone saw me post this collection and like you know, Wu Tang collectors that like collect own like all the MAD catalog shit. Yep. And um, <laughs> this one guy's like this one guy's like, I don't have that C D you put out in high school. It was called Illegal Distribution. And our our school started this it's so funny. Our school started this like studio program to get like you know like kids like you know to get interested in school. You get studio bucks if you performed well on your test. And then it comes along someone like me that's already getting A's and B's and totally abused it. 
Like, I'll get yeah. another A. Like, no shit, you're going to get another A, dude. Like, so, like, I'm in the studio every day for nothing, just recording these fucking songs. Like, in, you know, yeah, so whatever. Um, but he's like, I don't know that CD. And I had two copies, like my copy, and there was an alternate cover. One guy bought the original for 500 bucks. The other one bought it for 400 bucks. So I took that money and then pressed up like 100. You know, that cost me maybe like 200 hours to do. And then yep. sold the 200 co- or sold 100 copies for like 30, 40 bucks a piece. So I was like, this was a nice find. It's a good flip. Yeah. yeah. In, and my, my, my mom and dad, every time I go to Indianapolis, they always move shit around. And they threw away like a couple hundred copies of the 60 Second Assassin, which sucks now. What? Oh, man. Those shits are money. But, you yep. know, we just had so many fucking extras at the time. Yeah. Um, but my parents held on to a box of like 100 expert explosives, which is going to turn 20 next year. There's like 150 snakes in the garden of the 80s left that'll turn 20 in two years. So that kind of shit. I'm like, oh, thank yep. God you kept these. Um, right. and then my mom found like 50 of those Horseman CDs, which was big. I sold those for 50 a pop. Like, yep. Um, <laughs> so, so fast forward on the M80 story. Um, 2003, I had an album come out called Snakes in the Garden of the 80, and I play at this club called The Cube, downtown Indianapolis. It's mm-hmm. two stories, so you can put like 500 people on the top and maybe like 100 on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I played on the top four, sold out. And wow. I'm doing another show. Thank you. Um, it was because I was in I was in school at the time, and like my my college is 10 minutes from the club. Like yeah. you guys want to actually go to a club tonight, but we're not 21. It's cool, dude. You can get in. Like you just don't yeah, care. Yeah. Like, they'll allow it for this event. So it's like That's all the people dope. from my, you know, like like it was an easy sellout. Yep. So I'm doing another show downtown in a place called Tiki Bob's. And before the show, I'm walking past the cube, and the cube has a flyer, and they're like all these Wu Tang flyers: Raekwon, Inspector Deck, Kill Priest, Capadonna, Remedy, a lot of the Dark Man, coming oh, tonight, like like for tonight. Oh, I walk into the show, show. I'm like you have to put me on the show. You have to. They're like, oh, of course we will. Like if these guys can't sell it out, you'll sell it out. I'm like, that makes sense. So the first night, the first night, everyone shows up late. Like I perform, no wait, one gets to see the set. Wait, and like wait, what? wait. Wu Tang showed up late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 minus I've Ray. never been. I've never been to Ray a Wu Tang show where they weren't two hours minus late. Ray, so that, that that tour came minus Ray and Deck. Oh God, damn um, man! What the fuck? So so they don't get to see me perform the first night, but afterwards I stick around. I'm talking to Priest. I I I, I bring my old fucking my gigantic Wu Tang CD book. And, you know, everyone's geeked off it. Like, Priest is like, damn, I can't believe. Like, dude, I have CDs in my Wu-Tang book that, like, the members don't have. Like, uh, there was yep. the original Solomon Childs album that was, like, oh, shit. fire. Wow. Uh, yeah, like, that kind of shit. Um, so, like, they watched the next night. Like, they got there on time the next night. I went on right before, you know, like, they're supposed to go on. Their tour manager was this guy named Marty Diamond, a.k.a. Party Marty. And he's like, yo, I, he's like, I like your shit. Like, and everyone else seems to like you. Like, I can't pay you, but it, I mean, cause all the dates are already booked, you know, the money's allocated. If you want to like knock out some of these tour dates with us, you can, and you can like mm-hmm. sell merch and like go with the guys. So I did that. I was, I was in college, but I finished the Indianapolis shows. Then I go do like Kentucky. Then I go to Ohio. Then I drive all the way to New York and back like that kind of shit just to mm-hmm. like potentially sell like two, three CDs a night. <laughs> you know, because, like, like if you got money to spend, clearly you're going for shit you know versus, like, M80. Right, um, right. But I was building these relationships with Priest, with Cap, with Law. Like, me and Law mm-hmm. worked. Like, me, we met on the same day. Me and Law, me and Priest, you know. Um, then Marty was doing the other tours. So Marty, Marty. do a Jizza tour and be like, come get on a couple of these shows. <laughs> we do a Beth tour. Come get on a couple, like, Rizza, all that shit. 
So Priest introduced me to pretty much everyone in the clan. And uh, and then and then in 2004, we did a show at the Metro, and he introduced me to Dreddy. And Dreddy was talking – it was Dreddy with Jizza, and Dreddy wanted to build Think Differently Music. That was yep. his, his idea. Riz was going to be – Here we go. And all these people – I never, like – even though I was there, you know, like I'm, I'm there as a rapper, like I never introduced myself as such. Like, hey, I'm, I'm on your show tonight. I introduced myself like next uh, – like in a few months, I'm moving to California to go to law school. I love your music. I know it front to back, and I can help you make more money. I'm going to specialize mm-hmm. in IP law. I'm going to specialize in advanced contracts and civil litigation. That's why, just so everyone at home understands this, like rappers meet other rappers every fucking day. There's very little influence or persuasion to like stay in touch. It's usually just fucking lip service, you know, like we should do yep. shit this time. Yeah. Okay, cool. I gave them all a reason to be like, take that guy's number. Like, right. So my deal with think differently at the time, I'm going to come in and do all your admin and, you know, you don't have to pay your attorney 500 bucks an hour. Like, I'll do all the work, and then you'll fucking, like, you know, when you give it to your attorney, he'll just bill you for the modifications. So, you know, that was music to Riz's ears. Like, saving money, bong, bong. Yep. <laughs> He's all about that. It doesn't matter how much money he has. Saving a dollar. And, I, and I, I'm the same way, dude. Um, you so you actually sense. walked. You actually walked this right into my my next uh, oh. question, which which obviously was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people out there don't realize mm-hmm. Wu Tang meets the indie culture. Culture came mm-hmm. out in two thousand five, and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, they credit Dreddy Kruger as the executive producer of that. But if you open up the fucking, you know, the CD cover and you look inside, bam, A and R administrator M eight mm-hmm. on That's that right. album. So yeah. and um, you know, it, it he could have given me like A and R and admin, but he took the executive and A and R credit, which I do sometimes too. So I can't fault him for that. But yep. the thing, the thing was this: like I got paid like two grand, and I'm supposed to get a royalty, and I'm supposed to get back payments and stuff. The album made a million bucks, more wow. in the first wow. year. So mm-hmm. I know everything I did for that project between running, like, literally, like, physically, not emailing, like, taking records from Manhattan to Brooklyn, taking this from Brooklyn to the Bronx, doing, like, crazy dumb shit, you know, like, getting, making, making sure people get paid, um, mm-hmm. making, like, bro, there was a time where Dreddy hadn't fucking paid the studio in two weeks, and I had to watch, I had to watch them get in a fight, like, Dreddy in the fucking, like, head of the studio, because he's just asking for his money, like, dumb shit like that, you know? What the fuck? Yeah. So, after that transpired, I'm like, I'm never... You can hire me. Like, that's when I started Holy Twitter Productions. You can hire me to work your shit. And, like, other people were asking, like, oh, you did Wu-Tang Indie Culture. Like, let's work. And so I made it work for me, you know, like setting up my own mm-hmm. company. The money mm-hmm. comes to me first, like, for all business with any of these artists. I pay myself, and then I pay out. So, like, with each artist, I have a different agreement. Like, maybe from this person, I'm getting 20%. Maybe from this person, I'm getting 15 Maybe 30 here. Maybe eight, as low as 8% with one of my artists, but that's mm-hmm. someone that makes like six figures. A lot of money. Yeah. 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 So, um, that was it. And like Dreddy did the bronze record after that. And like, well, I had already worked it. So like my name was in the credits for that too, but I didn't work on the Wiseman album. Now here's the funny thing. The Wiseman album came out, uh, Wiseman approaching and my name's in there. And Dreddy's like, Shout I put out your name in, I put your name in there. Bronze. Yep. Uh, bronze, bronze did some work for me yesterday, actually. Um, oh. But uh, I put your name in there, like let's 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 like link again. I'm like no, 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 thank you. And uh, <laughs> no, like there was no validity to Dreddy in the company without me. 
people started mm-hmm. to get to know, like, okay, this guy's clearly doing shit. And no one believed it at the time. They just thought I was some dude talking shit. Mm-hmm. Then I come out with a hundred other albums for the likes of Canvas, Keith Murray, Priest, mm-hmm. Ghostface, uh, Red Timbo Man, King. Um, Timbo you name King. it, Timbo, 60, mm-hmm. RZA is taking notice. Everyone's so like, then people are like, okay, maybe the dude wasn't just talking shit because Dreddy hasn't done anything since. And then wow, like, fast forward all these years later, then you get Think Differently too. Oh, oh, and this is why we fell out, just so I don't skip this important part of the story. Chuck you Wilson from Baby Grand called me and said, I got 100000 bucks for you. I'm like, okay, talk to me. Hundred grand. I need you to turn in Wu-Tang Indie Culture 2, the next Bronze Project, and uh, Almighty. Now, I'm doing the math in my head. Now, to, to, to anyone just on the face of so. hundred grand sounds like hundred grand. It's wow, okay. But three projects, though. Yeah. So, Wu-Tang Indie Culture, we spent seventy-five grand on it before we got the deal. Our initial advance from Chuck was hundred. So I said, look, dude, um, I can definitely say yes to bronze. I can say yes to almighty and we can work out separate budgets. I want to make Wu-Tang Indie Culture 2 better than the first. That being said, I can't do it for the hundred with these other two projects involved. Um, and plus I would need to break off Dreddy. This is mm-hmm. literally no lies at all. This is how this went down. Yep. I called Dreddy. Hey, I got good news for you. Chuck just offered me a hundred grand. I'm probably going to take it, maybe negotiate more. I'm going to give you 10 grand when I get the check just because. I mm-hmm. expected Trey to be like, that's real. Cool. We're looking out. Like anyone would. Yeah. Any fucking buddy would. You get a phone call, I'm just going to give you 10 racks. Um, okay, bet. Dreddy, no. Completely flips out. How dare you? I'm the master. You're my student. Did it. What? Chuck. You should have said, suck my dick. Yeah. Yeah. So Six I'm like, okay, voice. cool. Pause. Cool. Hang up the phone. Call Chuck back. Hey, look, you got to talk to Dreddy about that Wu Tang Indie 2 shit. But, um, He's like, I'm never, I'm never talking to Dreddy again. He gave Dreddy, the reason he offered me 100, I found out was this. He gave Dreddy 50 grand to start the second one. Dreddy said, okay, cool, I'll do it. Then later was like, you owed me that in royalties from the first one. So now if you what? want me to start the second one, give me 100 again. Oh my and God. And Chuck's like, yeah, no, okay, we're done with you. Jesus um, Christ, man. Yeah. Fucking so Dreddy. Dreddy was like the vein to like a lot of the foul shit I had to deal with with Wu-Tang. Like, like, you were running with Timbo King your whole life, and it took me to make his debut album. Okay. All right. Hold, g- give me one second to, yeah, to we got that on in, here. Inter- interject here, because okay. this is this is very near and dear to my heart, Pause yeah. No Homo. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So for, for the listeners out there who don't know this yet, uh, you know, you put a gun to my head and ask me who my favorite Wu-Tang affiliate is, I'm going to say Timbo King. I, I fucking, I just love his fucking cadence, his delivery, his voice, pause, no homo, uh, and his lyrical content. I think the guy is just fucking highly intelligent with his lyrics. I love it. Now, now, I, I DM with the guy, and he sounds like he's half <laughs> retarded when I DM with him, all right? And I'm just like, how did this guy write this verse? And then he's DMing me like he fucking has Down syndrome. I'll never understand that, but that's a whole different thing. Now... Fucking Timbo King is in a group royal fam for all you motherfuckers out there who, who aren't familiar with this shit. Dreddy Kruger is like his partner in that group, uh, I guess you could say. And I just think one of the biggest fucking travesties in, in hip-hop history for me, for me personally as a, as a Wu-Tang fucking like hardcore fan, is that Timbo King 
barely released any music. You know, he's got this Royal Fam album that, that mm-hmm. kind of was was like leaked out in the fucking mid nineties. I think it came out in Europe physically in like two thousand or oh one. I had to fly to fucking London to buy the, that album on CD at HMV. All right. Jesus so Christ. I fucking love me some Timbo King. And the guy just he he releases this unmixed and unmastered Royal Famshin, then you never hear from the motherfucker. And then like ten years later they come out with Black Castle, which is just a bunch of the same old songs fucking redone or whatever. All right. And I'm like, where the fuck is my solo album from Timbo King? I'm dying for a solo fucking album from Timbo King. And lo and behold, motherfucking Dreddy Kruger is holding this guy back. And it's like M80 for the fucking win. 2011, we get from Babylon to Timbuktu, which is an incredible fucking debut solo album from Timbo King. And I just need to personally thank you for making that happen, M80. Dude, I am one, sure one that, that means the, a lot. That means now, a lot. I am sure. Thank you. you know. Yes, absolutely. And as a fan, like, I know there are other fans like me out there who feel well, look, the exact look, same way. RZA, like, thank RZA you. thanked me. Dude. Yeah, I I believe it because like bro, that assassin for Timbo King, like literally. Yeah, man. T- listen, me Timbo side, King, like, you know, he's too he's too good of a rapper to not fucking have a real solo album, like, like a legitimate. Like the, the different the difference is this: when RZA pulls me to the side to thank me, it's because like, you know, you gave the world what they've always wanted. I didn't have the time. Thank you for doing what like I should have made time for. Freddie, on the other hand. Like, yo, bro, there's no excuse. Like, that was your fucking partner in rhyme. You should have... Right. The first thing from Think Differently should have been a Timbo King album. Exactly. Exa- yeah. I agree. M80, man, dog. <laughs> like <laughs> minds here. Like yeah. minds. I agree with you 100%. And it just fucking kills me hearing all this shit about Dreddy. And it's like, bro, it, thank God you got in the mix and got some of this shit to happen. And it's like, bro, 2011 from Babylon to Timbuktu, how has he not released a sophomore follow-up yet? And it's like, dog, it must be impossible to work with these guys. And that's yeah. probably why this shit is never coming um, out. And it's like, bro, what's the story? I'm, what's the story I'm behind dying it? Right, for so another right, right before, King album. Okay, so in 2008, we did the first Almighty. Mm-hmm. Dreddy then mm-hmm. was trying to convince Priest, yo, like, I don't care if M80 paid you or not. Like, you're going to let this dude put out a group album with you? Like, he's in your group now? Like, like dude, it's M80 shit. Like, you've been rapping. They won the Almighty album. It's fucking dope. Yeah. So, like, okay. So, like, that's when I knew now, okay, Dreddy's trying to do everything in his power. He's a hater, man. It's not going to happen. Then in 2009, I did The Academy, which was all, like, unreleased brand-new music from various people like Jizza and Rizza and Bronze and Canvas and Murray and whoever else. And Dreddy called me, like, you wouldn't have been able to do that if I wouldn't have taught you how to, like, make these compilations, like, trying to extort me. And I have it on speakerphone, and my brother's in the background cacking up. Like, is that Dreddy? Tell Dreddy what's up. I'm like, yeah, Dreddy, okay. <laughs> Dreddy's like, you can, you can never come back to New York. So for a year, for like, like literally still this day, like 11 years later, every time I'm in New York, I take mad fucking like, they told me I could never come back here. Like, oh, I was shit. <laughs> yeah, right, Dreddy. Like, you're going to tell me I'm coming to New York. Okay. That Dude, kind of shit. And C-Rays used to tell me that, too, and fucking all sorts of random people. I'm like, guys, you don't hang out where I'd hang out. Like, we're not, you know, me and C-Rays used to kick it. That's a whole other story in itself. That's He's my number one arch nemesis. Raz was like two or three. Yeah. Yo, but y'all good now. Razul's like five. Raz and I are good now. Walls <laughs> oh, and I, hold on. Walls, I will oh. never make that. I'll never, here's two people. I'll never make it right with Walls. I'll never make it right with Dredd. We, we got to so talk, talk about Raws. We got to talk about. Yeah, we got to talk about Yo, you the one that posted it. 
the, because the, that's when I found out about C. Ray Rawls. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. C. Ray's Rawls was charged with sexual assault or possibly yeah. rape. I'm not sure. Like yeah, C. Ray Rawls. C. Ray Rawls. About Rawls. a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I think at it's, all. I mean, or, or what's I'll say we're back to Timbo, but I think uh, it was like his one of his baby mamas, and you know maybe uh, she just you know. Yep. 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 His baby mama. <laughs> he raped his baby mama. I mean, who knows? She probably pissed at him and charged him. Who the fuck knows? You never know. Um, some d- so, domestic so anyway, shit. To, to give you to yeah. give you like background story. So like, Dreddy's already like hating on all these fucking projects I'm doing. Yeah. Trying everything in his power to stop the artist from working with me. Stop this. Stop this. What the Timbo, fuck? The Timbo situation. I come to him. I want to sign you. All right. I'm gonna make this project. Okay, matey. So I Timbo signs the Holy Twitter Productions. Sixty had signed the Holy Twitter Productions. Then what yep. I do is I broker. You know, I sell the contracts. So I sell the projects like to them, you know, but of course, in cooperation with the artist, uh, with the exception of the Ghostface album, who was not being cooperative. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so halfway through making the Timbo album, this dude and his cousin, beloved, like, yo, man, don't go fly to work with M80 in Indianapolis if he's not paying to fly me out. Like, literally, <sighs> Timbo missed like three or four flights. I'm like, yo, Jesus are you fucking Christ. joking? Yeah, so shit like that, dude. Like, Wait a minute, you're paying to fly Timbo King out to the studio, and he's just not going. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What yeah, the that kind of dumb shit. So look, what the- so I meet this guy through Timbo, thank God, and he he passed away. His name was Titus. So Titus is like, I like the album. I like what you're doing. How much? I'm like, how much for what? He's like, I want to buy you out. I'm like, oh. Well, now we're talking, because, I mean, I'm having fucking headaches, like, nonstop. Bro, <laughs> the, 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 the best chapter of my book is the 60-second assassin chapter. The making of that album and how many times this man tried to kill me, physically kill me, during the making of that. Jesus the greatest Christ. Thing the, the, there's a story in the book about when Keith Murray tried to kill me, making, while we were making that, literally, I had to lock myself in a bathroom. He was, like, chasing me around this asshole. We all talk about the same man who punched Tupac, so... Yeah. 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 True. Um, true. True. Yeah. Now, now he punches crack pipes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, for real, that's why he looked funny. Yeah. Dang, he looked funny. I thought it he happens. was getting old. Um, it so, happens. Black so, don't crack so I smoke sell, it, huh? I Wait. sell my like fifty percent interest stake in the album to this guy Titus, and uh, finish the album. Like Timbo's all mad now because I'm already in the profit on his album and it hasn't even come out yet. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking headache. Like, I'm sorry. Um, you know, good luck to the project. Timbo had a really good offer from Baby Grand that I think he should have took. But he went with Devin from Nature Sounds because they were friends. Mm. And I think to date, he, he probably regrets it. But, like, it's his friend. So maybe he didn't make as much money, but we're still happy with the album. You know, the album came out to great fanfare. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it tested well over time. It's still listenable. You know? Oh man, I, I still listen to it on the regular. Like yeah. it, it's a great fucking album, man. So the Jeez. reason there's no Timbo sophomore album is because unfortunately for rappers like Timbo, they don't do shit unless they're being paid to do shit, bro. Like yeah. they think they care more about their careers and their livelihoods. They don't. So there's no sophomore Timbo King album because I'm not there. That is, all right, M80. So number nine in my notes right now. Ready? I'm just gonna read this. Number nine. I write, what are the chances that you can get him to release a sophomore album? What the fuck I got to do? Strangle Dreddy Krueger or something? LOL, that's, that's, that's in my in notes. That's, yeah. that's, that's in the fuck. I, I'm reading it right here. Because you're the best, Miz. 
know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unfucking yeah, I mean, real. Dreddy, like, I, I, like, we, I think we gave Dreddy a credit in the album. I don't remember. Like, just because. Like, yeah. Kimbo wanted to do that. And I'm like, all right, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you would think maybe he would have, like, Dreddy would have been, like, uh, motivated after seeing what I did with Timbo to be like, all right, let's go make another album. Timbo right. did a project with Tech, I think it was an EP, did a bunch of random fucking mixtapes. Yo, um, that that was like pulling teeth for me to get info from Timbo King on. The one that he did with Tech from Smith & Wesson, all right? I mean, he's marketing it like it's a fucking album, and it's not. He's just rapping over industry beats. It's a mixtape. Oh, wow. And I it's know. like, I never heard yeah, he, he had like maybe two original beats on that thing. It was totally a scam. And it's like, bro, this guy, I mean, I, I remember talking to you behind the scenes <laughs> about this shit a little while ago. And it's like, yo... He legit would rather just flip mixtapes in Times Square than do anything else, right? Yeah. In fact, there was time, like, at least twice I went to Times Square. So I don't live in New York, you know? So, like, when I randomly yep. just pop into New York, I'd yep. find him in Times Square. I need you to do this verse for this project. Like, not for his album, for, like, something else. Here's 500 bucks. Here's whatever I got for you today. We would go to, like, an apartment literally, like, two blocks away, and he'd record in some dude's bedroom and then go right back to the block. <laughs> yo, you know? he fucking, he just, I mean, he, That's it's that in his DNA, right there, yo. he has to That's be not in good. Times Square selling fucking mixtapes. You know how many times I've bought mixtapes from him in fucking Times Square? I yeah, got like so like, look at it like this, and, and I understand, because you ever seen like the BMF documentary where Blue Da Vinci's like, it was hard for me to really come into my own as an artist, because that I'm taking time away from making money. If I'm in the booth, that means I'm not making money, all right? Mm -hmm. Timbo has that same mentality. So let's say on a good day, he clears 700 bucks a day and he's out mm -hmm. there five days a week. Like it's hard to be like, I need you to record on a Thursday or Friday or like whatever. So that's, that's that. Like, and you know, so, but, but they, okay. I get this. And it's a, a, I hate to say it with a lot of black people, they're not thinking about 401k residual income or anything like that. Or sit when you get, Long you term. get to be yep. wait, 45, 50, and your back and your knees hurt, and then you can't go yeah. out there on the block. Or you eating bad <laughs> food, and you have diabetes, and your knees swell up. Or your, your we got to think about, come on, you the residual income is where it's at. So yeah. when you make a fast money like that, that shit go away, especially when you had to re-up. You know what I'm saying? And get more CDs, Timbo. Dude, I don't know. Well, look, <laughs> this, the, the craziest shit is this. When I found, I found like three or four copies of uh, from Babylon and Timbo 2 sealed in my house. Yeah. Timbo doesn't own a copy. Nature Sounds, the record label, doesn't have a copy. Like, what the that fuck? Was, so that was a crazy fucking find for me. Yeah, and 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 let me thank you again, M80, because I this album what? came out in 2011, and mm -hmm. in that in that era back then, I had my my old website, hiphopandbs.com. I went totally digital. I was all iPods and fucking iTunes, and mm -hmm. I, I was like, fuck this shit. I was living in an apartment in Brooklyn, so I didn't have a lot of space, and I'm like, I just can't keep buying these physicals. I got nowhere to put them. So, you know, I fully regret that now, because now I'm back on the physical shit, and it's like, bro, that album is impossible to fucking find. And all these years later, my motherfucking dude, M80, mailed me a fucking sealed copy, bro. True. And I like, should have let you keep... Did you keep it sealed or did you open it? I open everything. Yeah, I, see, I, I, I fucked I, up, dude. I should have sent you the sealed copy, then just sent you one of the CDs from the plaque I broke. So you didn't have to see... Oh, shit. Yo. No. You Yo, broke I, the I, on purpose or you just dropped I it? I opened it. I broke it on purpose because I didn't yeah, think I, I had any CDs and I wanted to make copies of it. Oh, 
that's but wild. then I found oh, the CD. You said that. I that's you wild. That. Yeah. That's wild. So like, first of all, thank you, cause like, mm -hmm. bro, man, like that. Uh, he's like my favorite Wu affiliate. How do I not have this album? And then like Nature Sounds, they put it out on vinyl. And I don't know if they ever put a real version out because I just have like a generic white sleeve copy that's it. That's with, it. With, a, with a promo sticker. And that's all I got. And God, I wish they would fucking reissue it with the real cover. Oh, God, yeah. I would love that. But anyway, you know, my comedy and yo, yo Droog and yeah, shit, they selling fucking. On them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty funny you say that. So when yeah, I they, pitching... they, they want to sell a 17 minute fucking snippet album for $333. What the fuck? Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know Nature Sounds was still in business. Like, really? Because, you know, <laughs> right. Because for years, like, you know, it was like, here's the Pete Rock album, here's this album, here's this. And it seemed that they went silent for a minute. And I just, you know, I'm busy and I wasn't They kind of did. They kind of did. You're right. Yeah. But they came back so, with blue and. Yeah. When when I was working on Gravitas for Bronze and Crooked Eye, I mm -hmm. reached out to them like, you know, like as a late, like, you know, I hit, I hit a dozen labels. Uh, Nature sounds like we can offer label services if you'd like to pay for them. I'm like, you're telling me that for a Bronze Crooked Eye album? Like, Crooked Eye signed to Eminem? guy like okay no thank you so that yeah. was pretty fucking disrespectful but maybe right. the, maybe Devin wasn't a fan of me asking if they were still in business yeah oh no. so, you asked that you, dude hey, I well, literally didn't know yeah and, hey, yo, M80 I didn't think, think they were still around until recently oh hey the rugged so. man and they got the little kid afro that freestyle it looks kind of like yeah yeah you know, but like but yeah, like but is dropping a project or two is dropping a project or two a year like like they, not I mean, in business, in the bills, keep yeah. the office popping. open. Oh, you know, oh, maybe they don't have they, the office anymore. But also, when I we heard did, he, like, uh, they, culture, now, I remember they had a spot in Brooklyn on Driggs. I heard it. I heard he brokers Doom verses as well. Like Doom, that's a guy that you get in contact with to get Doom. Yeah, Am I yeah, correct? Definitely. And so it is. So maybe that's how he's like. Uh, I know Rock Marciano said my uh, my shoes are worth the Doom verse, or my cars worth the Doom verse, or some shit like that. So I guess Doom verses like are pretty expensive. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, we dropped. Well, you know, I think Doom did Wu Tang Indie Culture to do it. I don't think you know, like Devin made that. That was my favorite song, the one with yeah, the RZA. Best. Oh, that and then, beat and then, was amazing. And then RZA, RZA got ten. Word, word, okay. word. Yeah, man, that song crazy, was my yo. favorite song on that album. Well, that one and the Jizza and Raz Kaz one. God, I love that one too. I forgot the name of that one, but Liquid uh, Sword Sauce Tears. Yeah. Liquid Sword. Yeah, liquid, no, no. liquid something. Something. So it was sick. Hey, hold on. Whatever let me, look at, let me look at my plaque real quick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you flexing, huh? I see you over there. Uh, you flexing. Let me look at my know, plaque. You know what? It's, it's not on there. It's uh, it's the other, the credit side is showing on the plaque, not the songs. Uh, liquid, word, word. liquid something. Yeah. Whatever it was, that, that beat was ill. They both killed it. The fucking album was great, obviously. All right. Uh, one final follow-up question with the Timbo King thing. Um, sure. All right. So me being like a super Timbo King fucking stand boy, pause, uh, and Killer Priest. Kill, Killer Priest is my second favorite Wu-Tang affiliate, oh, wait, right? wait, wait, wait. Stop the question yeah. real quick. Here's yeah. another example. Priest and Dreddy were like best friends. Like Priest and like Dreddy and Jizza and that, like the three of them are all best friends. So mm -hmm. to give you an idea, there's never a Dreddy produced or Anar Timbo King album, and there was never. We didn't even put Priest on Wu Tang Any Culture. Like no. Priest was Priest was in the studio like was every other sleep? day. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Why, why yeah, not? So go ahead with the question, but I just wanted well, to like make on. that well, why known. Why not? But why not? Why wasn't he on there? Only Dreddy could answer that. 
<laughs> fucking dready. All right. Yeah. So, so like me being a, a, a big time fan of these guys, right? Ridiculous. Sons of Man, motherfucking mm-hmm. uh, Black Market Militia, Royal Fam, uh, Killer Army, you know, all, all the original offshoot groups that were amazing. Um, there's a, you know, they have like offshoots of offshoots, right? So they, yeah. there's a three man like group within this called the Maccabees. And it's Timbo King, Timbo King, Killer Priest, and Hellraiser. And mm-hmm. I, I think I can say with full confidence, those three guys are my favorite top three Wu-Tang Killer B members, all right? Like, lyrically, I just think they are the best, right? Now, Hellraiser, unfortunately, had a, I believe he had an aneurysm about, I don't know, eight years ago or 10 years ago. And that, I mean, he survived, but I just, I don't know, like, what his status is right now because, God, man, like, it's its another travesty that they mm. never released an official album together with the three of them. Indeed. I think that, that would have been next level. Do you know anything about Hellraiser, M80, uh, or if that could ever possibly happen? Sounds like it won't. <laughs> but here, Here is how, um, you know, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying this to Hellraiser, to his friends, to his family, to his fans, you know, no disrespect at all. I think I, I love Razor and I still talk to him to this day. Every like he writes me every week. We talk on the phone like once every few weeks, that kind of shit. Um, remember the movie with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? I think it was called 50 first dates. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, definitely. We kept on forgetting. That's, in, in, that's how Razor's life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, I believe it. I one time it. recently I talked to Razor, I need you to do this verse. And I know he can't rap the same as, you know, he used to. He used to, right. But right. sometimes people still want him, you know, for yeah. name value, for namesake, whatever. I need you to do this verse. I'm going to pay you X. Here's the track. Okay, I got it, Ab. Thanks. Call back the next day. Same conversation over. Same. Yeah. And, and it gets to the point where I'm like, hey, um, yeah. So, like, it's just, you know. Um, right. God bless him, man. Um, uh, I know. I when feel he first so recovered, bad. When he first so recovered, he asked me to be his manager and sent me a folder of acapellas and was like, um, you know, I, I, like line me up with bronze or whoever. Let's make this project. Um, I think nature sounds owes me money. So, you know, just like, like figure this out for me. So I call, like, I, I took it serious. I'm like, all right, I'll be your manager. I called, I, the first phone call I make was to Nature Sounds. Then Devin had to literally tell me, like, how severe it was. Like, bro, like, yeah. you're the 13th yeah. person to call, like, this week, saying you're his manager. And yeah. mm. I'm asking for money, like. So that's why Razor's so heavy on the computer now, because he can, like, just copy and paste messages all day to fucking mad people. And, you know, yeah. like, that, that's, that's him being able to speak. Like maybe you know with with a little bit more ease. Right. Um, I will tell you this though. Everyone was always threatened by Hellraiser, dude. Everyone was mean? threatened by Razor's pen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they saw they saw it. We did a song. We did a song called Moan, M O A N. It's the first Sons of Man reunion song, legit, from the Sixty Second Assassin album. Yep. Priest heard it when it was done, and accidentally pocket dialed me and I heard him talking to someone else and he was like, oh, I'm going to leak this song. Fuck that. I can't believe M80 would let Razor one-up all of us. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like, yo, dead serious. Like, even for someone of priest cat like caliber to be like, on that level of pettiness? Like, right. bro, I don't, like, yo, he's like, you got to let me redo my verse. I'm like, 
I already turned the album in, dude. That shit's coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh your God. verse is dope, too. Razor's just is the dopest. So yeah. Like, like, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> yeah. Fucking Hellraiser, bro. His, he had the last verse on that song, We Made It, on Supreme Clientele. Uh, just, I, I, everybody's heard it, I imagine. But, like, yes. bro, if you, if you forgot about Hellraiser, go back and listen we to that We made verse. it. When, when you can we body a verse it. on a Ghostface song, I mean, that's saying something. He is one of the nicest lyricists ever, yeah. man. And and it is, it's just, it's oh, a tragedy what happened. That's happened. like I one of the best awful. songs on there, too, yo. So, yeah. So just like, just with a pants hanging. Just because just we're in the vein of like all the fucking foul Wu Tang shit that makes no sense. Like, here yeah. I am trying to make everyone's career better and like motivated and shit. Uh, when we did the 60 Second Assassin album, everyone got a check. Everybody. If you were on that album, you got a check from the producers to the live instrumentation dudes to the features. Shabazz the Disciple, you know, uh, got paid to do two joints, I think. Yep, yep. And he got his deposit check, and then you're supposed to turn, like, finish the vocals, then we, you know, send the references, we pay you the balance. He he took the money, and I'm like, bro, you need to understand something. You're not stealing from me. It's not like that came out of Matt Markov's pocket. It came, comes out of 60s budget. You're really stealing from, like, yeah. your own family. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to tell 60 about I don't think I ever told 60. I think I'm mm-hmm. like actually saying this right now for the first time. I emailed Shabazz and I'm like, "You're a piece of shit," and uh, I'm gonna go go online and find like one of your songs, and I own it now. It's mine. Yeah. And so if you listen to the Six Seconds Assassin album, whatever song Shabazz is on, um, Cloud Nine, I think it's called. That verse is from you know like Penalty Be the Death or some shit. <laughs> oh my god, yo! Yeah, like I'm like I'm not I'm not like you're not. No one's getting over in any capacity on any M80 business, dude. Like I will do what I want to do at all times. Like if it's in right. the interest of making the best possible records I can, then that's gonna happen at all times. Right. Um. Right. So you know, when Razor, like I when Razor got out of the hospital, the first calls that his then wife at the time was making was like. You owe us money. You owe us money. They're just calling people like, I think you owe us money. The, oh, it's, God, the interesting God. thing when they called me was I actually have all the paperwork. For every every like feature that I've ever brokered, you know, that's how I have the licensing business. Every album, all that shit. I, I bring I bring the paperwork to the studio and just leave it there sometimes. You never know who's just gonna pop in. You might want to have to do some work. Yeah. Um, but so like Razor was the like the one call where they're like, oh, wow, you actually have paperwork that shows you paid us and we signed it? Like, okay, sorry, thank you, moving on. <laughs> like, but for everyone else, it was like, in his mind, everyone owed him money or they really needed it. Yeah, Devin, yeah. I, I ended up not managing Razor. Well, one, I never managed rappers before. It's always the A&R position. Mm-hmm. I had to manage Cannabis because, like, his chick was doing okay, cool. thing and they split up. Yeah. I had to manage Capadonna for a period of time because, like, his man, we brokered a record deal and his manager took his cut and bounced. Jesus Christ. So like man. when I'm putting circum when I was putting circumstances where it's like I can't let these people fail, then I'll I'll do whatever it takes. Okay. But other than that, I'm on the AR, AR admin or executive producer on every project. Quick, let me let me get into this um the cannabis situation. He's like this I did a song with cannabis last year, but it seemed like yeah. he just disappeared off the map. Like he just don't want to rap no more. After 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 he, he was on rap RC. For a long time. Yeah, but he was with you. Then all of a sudden you're killing it. Yeah, then what happened? Like Okay. Like, uh let's see. The story is like this. So <laughs> I meet cannabis, priest and again, Drew Priest, as I said earlier. Then Priest gets mad about it, just like 
when Dreddy kind of like took me as his priest, you know, felt like some level of detachment or some shit. Okay. Um, Canvas and I worked great, dude. And like all the fans were super appreciative. You got albums dropping on a yearly basis. We're touring. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I booked Canvas to do like over like 250 shows. We did seven or eight albums together. I had him do a couple hundred features. I mean, like when you're talking like the money, like Canvas hadn't seen money like that since like Universal, since Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. you know? Um, then, you know, I work with other people. It's, there's, I, I might have my favorites of who I work with, but it's like, it's never just been like, you know, I represent Joe mm-hmm. Priest, like that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to work really heavy with Crooked Eye. And we're on tour, me and Crooked Eye in 2014. This is after Cannabis' Fiat Complete comes out. And um, I'm on the phone, and Crook's like, who are you just talking to, dude? That dude sounded mad familiar. I'm like, that was Dave Chappelle. He's like, you were just on the phone with Dave Chappelle. I'm like, yeah, he'll be at our show in Ohio tonight. Crook's like, yeah, right, dude. I'm like, bro, he'll be at the show. He comes to – every time I come through Ohio, through Yellow Springs or Fairborn, he comes. He you know, so he, he's seen yeah. Cannabis live. He's seen Keith Murray live, Black Sheep live, Diggable Planets, all these people that I brought. So, like, Chappelle, we're, you know, like, first time we met, you know, come back to the house. All right, cool. Um so Crooked Eye is all astounded that like Dave Chappelle, like we, we pull into the show and Dave's waiting for us at the door. Like, Hey, Hey guys, like ecstatic. <laughs> bro, so then the next amazing. day Crook's like, dude, this that was amazing. amazing last night. Like yep. Dave Chappelle, yep. bro. And like, that's mm. your friend. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go, we're going to go to meet Marshall. I'm like, who? He's like, I'm going to I'm like, all right, cool. So that was the trade off. And the next day I got, we went to do the show in Detroit. Um, I got in the studio with, we in the studio with M and that's why I'm getting a plaque for, um, the Eminem album that uh, um, the murder to be uh, music to be murdered by. Oh, the, word. the joint that Crooked Eye that's on the album. I will Crook did that verse. It was like five six years prior. Damn. And just be stockpiling music like that. Like he he's in the oh, stockpiling the vocals. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So he's in the studio every day. Like 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 you saw the the Akon interview where um you know he just uh, Akon was saying like yo I showed up to like record the song at M at night and he's like no I record nine to five. Like, um, you know, like, there's no reason for me to, like, stress my body out, stress my family life, whatever, that kind of shit. So, uh, I took the photo with Eminem and post it. And apparently mad cannabis fans and family were like, oh, look at M80. Oh, now, oh my God. Cannabis, <laughs> yeah, that, so that was like, yo, he never got over that, dude. And I'm like, look, bro. Are like, you serious? Yeah, never got over hey, it. It was a big deal. Okay. All right, hold yeah. on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You are a fucking A&R record executive. You own a fucking production company. You work with tons of artists in the industry. And yeah. he's going to get mad that you took a picture with fucking Eminem. Well, here's the kicker. He said, <laughs> now here's the kicker. He says, you know, even through all the bullshit, you don't think I'd like to meet him again and get my photo and have my kids grow up one day to be like their dad wasn't a fucking like, you know, like, did nothing with his life, even though we know he, his life clearly means something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his and, and, he, and he got bars, yeah. Yeah, like, so, like, then I thought, like, okay, thank you for being real. Like, you're not mad at me because I took this photo. You're mad that you're not in the photo. Mm. Mm-hmm. That kind of shit. Yep. And a lot of Canvas fans that I'm going to have them tune into your podcast will probably be hearing that for the first time. Wow, like, wow. You know, um, then we did Time Flies, Life Dies, Phoenix Rise in 2015. Mm-hmm. And things just got really rocky, dude. It was like, like, Biss was just, like, really mad at a lot of shit. Like, like literally, I had him on speakerphone one time, and Nicole, my now wife, was just my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
You bought your brother a fucking Hublo and you got your, your girlfriend that expensive-ass ring that you're going to propose? I'm like, I oh, ran out of the fucking room, bro. I'm like, get oh, the dude. And fuck Nicole, out. He Nicole, said Nicole, that? Yeah, Nicole didn't hear it. Like, I can't oh. believe she didn't hear it. Maybe she was lying Damn. to me, but she said she didn't Damn. hear it. <laughs> I, I went to the balcony and started yelling. So maybe lie. Bro, like, I always took Campus' calls on speakerphone because we never talked for just five, ten minutes at a time. Every conversation yeah. was an hour or better. When yeah. I talked to Priest, we never talked for more than five minutes at a time. Complete opposite. Yep. Quick shit, you know? Yep, yep. Um, so we do the we do the time flies life dies out. And I think it's his best work of all the shit I did for him. Mm-hmm. And fans are loving it. And we're ready to get into the next thing. And the next thing's supposed to be the horseman's not happening at this point, you know, because me and Ras still hate each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next yeah. thing Beef. is supposed to be this album called Black Steel. And I can't give you the full title because we're actually making it again now. Oh, we're making it again? You're making the album with Biss. Hello? My bad. It's what I, no, I, I was uh, I forgot people can't see us. Only me and you can see each other. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm making an album. We'll just say that. Now there's been oh. more con- there's been there's been the cannabis is on it. Okay. If that helps you. There's been more there's been more complications with the making of this project. But but if it comes oh. out it'll be twenty twenty one. Um so the full album is called Black Steel. I guess I will tell you now. But it's called Black Steel: The Hour of Chaos, and Chuck D narrates it. Oh but, wow! Shit. At the time, so this That's this is still... now like the, this is now like the new Horseman. Um, at the time, though, after Time Flies Like Dust, Phoenix Rise, it was supposed to be just a Cannabis Kill Priest album. Like, oh fuck my it, god, yo, that'd be hard, beat. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So because Killer Priest picks good beats. Talk about yeah. talk about mind blowing <laughs> lyricism. I, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. I'm gonna get a migraine um, headache. No, and, and just so you know, the, the the initial the initial setup for the album was just let's get twelve fire ass producers. There was gonna be no features. Mm. Now it's taking on a whole other thing. Like you know, it's, we got fire ass producers. We got uh, Premier. We got Pete wow. Rock. We got wow. um, uh, David Banner. We got Holy uh, Justice League. Uh, we got Jello Point. Um, yeah, so it's fine. Oh, it's fine. shit, wow, wow. wow. Yeah. Good mix. That's a pretty Good crazy mix. mix right there, yo. It's a pretty yeah, wow. it's, it's dope, bro. It's really fucking dope. And I know there's names I'm leaving out. Like, we haven't even put any rap features on there. We got, like, Raheem Devon on a joint. Like, so, word, like, word. like, you know, we got, we got yeah, the black power right there. There's not a lot of features. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, there, is a song, there is a song we want to do called The Octagon that's, you know, basically Horseman vs. Slaughterhouse. Ooh. We'll see if that happens. Um, I mean, I think I think it's very easy to make happen minus Joe Budden, but it's like then it's not the octagon. Yeah, um, yeah, word. So word, maybe word, maybe word. Joe Budden will talk on it or some shit. Um, yeah, you know, maybe Royce won't be on it if Cannabis is on it or some. So we got to figure it out. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So that's crazy, man. So so, so we're trying to make we're trying to make that album then twenty like after twenty in twenty fifteen. Cannabis brings around a lot of fucking weirdo dudes, like. So Cannabis has this right-hand man named Pirate. And Pirate's white and drops N-bombs as if it's going out of style. Out oh, of God. So oh, God. <laughs> you know, so Pirate's broke as fuck, and Cannabis calls me like, I want you to like hire Pirate and give him 150 bucks a week to do my social media. And I'm like, bro, I do your social media for free. I'm not, right. So no, the answer is no. All right, so he's mad about that. I'm not going to pay his man to do what I do for free to promote our albums. Like, you know, like. All the, if you look at all the campus social media stuff, there's never any like, "What's up? This is this." It's always like, "Buy this, buy this, buy this." this, is this. So you know, right. nothing. Um, then, okay, then this was the kicker for me. 
cannabis, I'm the only person around. His chick bounces, so it's like I'm now the manager and the AR and the guy broken the record deals and the, doing everything. When we get the call for cannabis and LL Cool J to publicly squash their beef, and I, and I tell Biss, do it. It's a yep. good idea. Do it. He, like, didn't, want yep. he didn't want to do it. You know, I'm like, do it. Oh, my God. But he does it. We fly out to New York, and there's a dozen motherfuckers there I'd never met before. It's, it's not, you know, so I'm not questioning it at first because, you know, Canvas lived in New York. So, of course, he's got every time he goes back to New York, there's people. Mm -hmm. This is what did it for me. He hands me two tickets to the concert, and I'm like, okay, what's this for? He's like, so you can get in the show. I'm like, what are you talking about so I can get in the show, dude? I'm with you. I'm your fucking agent. I'm your manager. I'm your a &R. Well, I got my guy Mike here, and Mike knows uh, uh, Todd, talking about LL Cool J. So, like, he's going to, like, be you tonight. Like, so he completely played me to the fucking left, dude, for wow. what could have been the biggest career moment for him. Like, I, and again, I never heard from any of those people he had in New York ever, ever after that. Jesus Christ, uh, man. Yeah, like, bro, I was here when no <clears throat> one was here for you, dude. Why? Why, why is it? Why, like, so these artists fuck themselves, dude. You just got to. Yeah, like, you know, I was just going to ask that, Matt, like M80, like, why the fuck do you think these artists consistently over year after year, they just shoot themselves in the foot. They're never thinking long term. Why the fuck do they always do that? It's it's unexplainable. It's this is unreal. Like like and, and I think Canvas fans like came to realization. Like at first they'd be like, "Damn, fuck Wyclef," or like, "Fuck Lewis Lombard is one of the old managers." Like, "Fuck M80," and then they're like, "Wait a minute, M80 gave us really good shit." Wyclef, even though they hate on Canvas' first album, I love it. Like I, I love his first us, album yeah, too. Wyclef gave us good shit, so clearly it's it's. Our, our our favorite rapper, yeah. Canvas is just yep. like like programmed like that, dude. Like, hey, yo, hey, yo, let me cut in real quick. Yeah. In all honesty, being a regular rap fan before I actually got to see a little bit sit behind behind the scenes, I wasn't thinking about none of y'all A and R's or no no yeah. motherfucker behind the scenes. I'm just thinking that it's the rapper just picking bad beats or not. What the fuck happened? Like I tell all all motherfuckers, these motherfuckers knees don't hurt. They're not basketball players. Something happens to them to not love it no more, or they just got bad friends. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't be thinking never about no A and R or like. Uh, I just think they get, maybe they ran out of ran out of rhymes, or they ran out of bullets in, in the chamber or some shit. I don't yep. I don't know. It's you know a lot. Saying? A lot of times the artist gets jaded from the business because yes, you know I think again like things. I have my law degree, so over time you know I went to law school just to be better in the business of music. That was it. Right. I had no intention right. of taking the bar or anything. I mm -hmm. got what I came in to get. Mm -hmm. And started my company, and even even to this day, like I'm still learning new shit. Like publishing changes, copyright registrations mm -hmm. change, mm -hmm. record label splits change. Like this whole shit, like like Spotify and titles, streaming music. This is best new technology. So when you <laughs> wonder why this the owner of Spotify is a multi billionaire now with a B, and everyone else is getting fractions of a penny on the dollar, Sneak that motherfucker invented it like that, dude. Mm -hmm. That's right. how he came up with it, and no one was going to tell him differently because he made it. So then right. he passes this formula on to Apple. Then Apple, or then Title looks at Apple and Spotify. Well, we're going to do a little better for you, but still, even at Title, it's still bullshit. Like mm. it's all bullshit, dude. Right. Like, that guy's <laughs> a billionaire, and you're eating fucking a jar of peanuts, bro. Right. To three million streams, you get a pair of Balenciagas. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So.
let me go off on a tangent here now because uh we've been talking for a minute here but yeah, i i want i want to touch up yeah. i want to yeah, yeah absolutely uh <laughs> i want to i want to touch upon some shit that actually made me discover you m80 um okay. and you know we started following each other a few years ago and it's because i saw a bunch of headlines in a lot of major fucking news publications regarding you trying to purchase the Once Ooh. Upon a Time in Shaolin album via auction from Martin Shkreli, the motherfucking pharma bro cunt. Um, bro, so, <laughs> Drink, sip. Yo, can you just fucking just break down what the fuck happened with that shit, if you can, quickly for our listeners, I... man. Even even before the Screlly stuff, I tried to buy it when talk. they first announced it. Yeah, buddy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, no, one else, tried, no one else can see. My bad. Yeah. I tried to buy I tried to buy it when Riza and Rings were first making it a thing. Yep. Now my offer was more than two million. But it came with the stipulations like I gotta sell it and I gotta do this and I gotta do this. Yeah, right. They tell me it can't yeah. be sold. You can't you can't commercially sell it to anyone. So I'm like, oh in that case I offer nothing. Like what the fuck? Like you know, right. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have money like that just to be like, I have a $3 million album. Yeah. So then Martin Shkreli gets it. Um, I know for a fact that Kill Priest is the most featured artist on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like Jizz is on a song, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, like there's a lot of Killer Sin. There's a lot of Shabazz, you know, because Rings had the shit. Like, mm-hmm. Right. You know, like you know, these are all from other projects and stuff. And just, this shit like, was all produced all by Silver Rings, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, I imagine I'm imagining it being kind of like a compilation album, like his fucking his Eye album that he came out yeah. with that just just so, had a yeah. bunch of features. Is it yeah. kind of like that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. With with with. So there's more. I mean, I had a lot of Wu Tang Clan too, but you know, clearly there's a lot of Wu Tang Clan on um, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin because there was so much uproar about it. Yeah. Um, you know, he brings the idea to do this to RZA. RZA, you know, clearly co-signs it and gets to make whatever he wants from the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Screlly lists it for resale. And I hit him up, and we talked about it, and it's like, okay, cool. I, I think we got a deal in place. I had to verify. I had to, like, verify my funds. Like, first send him proof that there's a half a million, then send him proof that there's a million, that kind of shit. Literally the day I thought his attorney was sending me the contract to like finish the sale was when the FBI picked him up. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> um, now, yep. Like I don't think this is like like I didn't have to testify in court or any fucking thing like that. But like oh, after shit. the after, after the FBI locked him up, mm-hmm. all right, so after he was arrested, okay, so he's in jail, he's pending like trial and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI contacted me and they're like, "We got your number off a burner phone." Uh, Jesus Martin, Martin, yeah, Martin Shkreli has been contacting you from prison or from jail. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, well, I, I can't shit. like, you know, they're like, we have, we have like conversations, and uh, he still tried to broker the sale while he was like after he got arrested. Yeah, I was still interested, of course. I was doing my little press shit for it. Like, um, yeah, I think he got an extra couple of years for that shit. <laughs> for the, for the burn like, I think he was supposed to get five years in the game seven. Good, oh, good. Man. They, fucking they, deserved it. They caught it. Like, they so, caught it. So with all with all his accounts frozen, shit, he really needed to sell it. Like, yep. yo, can I still get a million? Can I still get that half million? Can I still get whatever the fuck you're willing to give me for it? Yeah. Now the thing was, I'd never talked to Silver Rings in my life, um, but we talked, and he's like, "Trust me, you don't want to buy it." And I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "One, you can make your own Wu Tang album. You you can." I'm like, "Yeah, that's true." Yep. Two. 
it's touched Martin's hands, then his attorneys, then da 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 Like, you don't think they made a copy? If I was right. saying it was an attorney, I'd definitely have So there's that aspect. Imagine me spend mm. the money. Now, I thought what I wanted to do was pretty smart with it. I was literally going to start a new company, a non-for-profit, get ready, like, all that shit, put the album up on a website. Like, you know, let you, let you stream a couple songs, like, for free, for, you know, just play them, whatever, or download them. But when I recoup my total investment, the whole world can have it. Just, just release it. Here's the free album. So that's again, mm-hmm. you're not selling it. It doesn't violate the contract per se. Mm-hmm. Could you be sued? Probably yes. The reason that this contract <laughs> is because they didn't clear any samples, you know. So the oh. album probably like a lawsuit went, went ready to happen. Oh God! And when you when you tell people they can't sell it, you don't have to worry about shit like that. That's why artists can get sued when they release mixtapes and stuff. Like if you put your mixtape on that pimp. Even though it's free, you could be sued for as much money as whoever suing you wants to. And the rationale is that PIF is a website that operates off ad revenue. Therefore, right. money is being made somehow, somewhere to somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's it. The ad revenue, man. You can put yes. up a fucking free mixtape. But, yo, that PIF is making money off of ads, and that mixtape brought you to their website. Yes. So, yes. yeah, there yes. it is. So that's that's the rationale behind this, like, super intricate, one-of-a-kind fucking Wu-Tang album contract. It's like... Clearly, they didn't do any of the shit you'd have to do. Like, like you saw that even uh, the guy, like, they found out that some – or they used pictures that some dude drew in the book. And the dude's like, I wasn't paid for this. Like, you know, that yeah. kind of shit. So it's like when, mm-hmm. when when you're not allowed to, like, talk about some shit or promote the shit, you don't have to worry about legal, legalities. Um, right. So I never, got, I never got the Wu-Tang album. Uh, so much time has passed. I just stopped caring. But I really right. fucking wanted it, and I thought my plan was genius to, like, just, like, as soon as I get uh, my – I'll be the guy. I'll front the money. When the money comes back to me, everyone who ordered one can, like, I'll, like have a CD copy or something. You know, I'll go press these CDs. But right. the whole world can just have it for free, and I'll still have the one copy. Then I could go and sell the one copy if I wanted, if someone wanted to ha- actually have the art piece. I didn't care. Like, if right. Martin, Martin told me he damaged the box. Like, he's like, I broke some of the are you Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, he, he just used to throw that shit around his apartment like it was a fucking guitar amp. What the, what fuck, the fuck is fuck? wrong with this guy, bro? <laughs> I, I want to kill this motherfucker just for hey, that. Yo, son. Now, I will tell you this, and this is some crazy-ass shit. There was people thinking that the whole time he was offering to sell it to me that he didn't even have it. Mm. No, I, I I was pretty confident he Who had, had it. it. You know? I mean, no, okay, so so people, and, I, and then I started to believe he really didn't have it. Because, uh-huh. like, why did, even though he got arrested, like, and he wanted me to still buy it. Why didn't I get the paperwork from the attorneys? Like, why didn't it go to that next step, even when I was right. still hitting them in the office? So, Screlly bought a car from Birdman, okay? Mm. And in the CD player of the car, there was a un, like an unmixed copy of Little Wayne's Carter, what, six, five, one of those? Five? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so Martin had that. Oh, like, that's how he had that. Yes. So he <laughs> never crazy. bought the CD from Birdman. It was literally in the car he bought. Wow. Yeah. Yo, and he had a lot of other unreleased. I actually went in this motherfucker's live stream one time, and he yeah. was playing some of that Carter shit and yeah. some Taylor Swift or some shit. Some shit. Nice. Like he had all. He had all. He has all this unreleased music. I was yeah. wondering how he so, had that. Yeah. So he, you know, Birdman that is like crazy, wanted the CD bro. back, and he's like, "No, I bought it. It came oh. with the car. Like, fuck you. I own oh. it." <laughs> like some people Yo. think dirt people, bag. people think that his place was robbed, and they took like the safe. 
and the Wu-Tang shit was probably in the safe oh, with the Carter. Oh, shit. So, like, even, even, TMZ, even TMZ reached out to me to talk about that, and, like, I wouldn't talk about it with them because they also wanted to see all these, like, FBI communication things. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. So, yeah, um, yeah, fuck all yeah. that shit. Um, Holy wow. shit, yo. Hey, listen, at but the yeah, end of so the day... I don't day, know if he even has it, dude. At, at the end of the day, if it's a Silver Rings album disguised as a Wu-Tang album... Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, it's better off. Who gives a fuck? You can make your own album, M80. Fuck yeah. that shit, man. Yeah, true. <laughs> fuck true. all that. And, and, and look, I totally get all the artist argument. Like, like if I'm making, you know... Um, Okay, I guess the best example is just for the Wu-Tang members. If I call Master Killer and I'm like, I need a verse from you on Almighty 2, how much money do you need, if anything? Because uh, he, he usually always looks out. Um, you know, I'm paying him for what I told him it was going on. So if Ring's got all these verses and he was like, yeah, like, you know, it's for a Silver Rings project, like his album, then it goes on this Wu-Tang album. Yeah, like, you you, you would clearly charge him more if he's like, I'm going right, to make a right. Wu-Tang album. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I think uh, on the fucking Showtime documentary, the Wu-Tang one. Um, yep. I think that <laughs> shit was dope. Yeah, yeah I, I loved it. I, I loved it too, yeah. I, I loved that thing, man. And, you know, even some of them said, like, yo, they they didn't realize what they were sending verses in for. They thought, right. you know, they were just getting, you know, so, right. I mean, whatever, whatever. It That's is the man said, at least that shit. The, the, difference, the difference with me is any time I hit someone up for a verse, and I send them the paperwork, on the paperwork it says what the project is. Now, right. do I have the ability to assign it to third parties and license it for other shit? Yes. But it says right there, before what any money's going. exchanged hands or what, mm-hmm. what record is sent to you, where it's going. Word. Yo, Word. yo peace. M80, I finessed the, um, yep. my, my new guy's album with Young Dirty Bastard in a yep. L's Digital. Yep. I kind of finessed it, because like every time Dirty would come over here record a verse, I was like, yo, spit on this. And yo, spit on this. And yo, spit yeah. on this. And then I, yep. so I played in my album, and he was like, oh, shit. So that's how that happened. So I kind of... Um, to, be, to be honest with you, that's exactly how we did Almighty One. Uh, I Word. lived in San Francisco. <laughs> I lived in San Francisco, and I lived in, uh, in Indianapolis during the time frame of this. Priest lived in L.A. So I'd wait till I had, like, three, four, five people hit me up for Kill Priest features and send me the money. I'd then fly to L.A. So his joke was, you, like, money just falls out of the sky when M.A.D. comes to town. Um, he'd knock out the paid features, and yeah. I'd throw a couple of Almighty tracks in the mix. Okay. And I that's, went to LA like eight times. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, the dude. Like, so, look, if you want to, like, really break it down, not 100%, but, like, that's how they made that Wu-Tang album, like, I made Almighty. Like, you made your shit. That's how that was done. Yeah. Yeah. Word, word, word. Yeah, then they now, listen now, to it and they'd be like, oh, this shit's dope. And, like, here we go. Yeah. Then, yeah. Amazing. Now, uh, you know, for, for people out there, you know, whoever the fuck you know, questioning fucking M80 or the projects he does and this, that, and the other. Listen, I have fucking met M80 in real life two years ago. I went out to L.A. I visited DJ Beans. Shout out DJ Beans. We kicked it for about 10 days in L.A., partied a lot. Now, listen, <laughs> I met M80. I mean, this guy, I mean, I, I can't stress enough the generosity that was bestowed mm. upon me that weekend that I came out, all right? And... Who the fuck am I? I'm not a rapper. I'm not, a, <laughs> you know, I'm not somebody who's making money for fucking M80, all right? So I just want people to understand, he knew me from a fucking hole in the wall off of, you know, Instagram, IG, you know, yeah. all right? I come out there, he realizes that I'm in L.A., and he fucking hits me up like, bro, 
yo, uh, meet me at this restaurant in fucking downtown L.A. And, I, you know, I, I don't know shit about L.A. I'm from Boston, B. Like, I don't know shit about shit. So, uh, you know, me and fucking Beans, we, we drive up to the fucking restaurant, and there's fucking M80 uh, and his homie Sid Vicious, right? Yep. And, I, you know, we walk up like, hey, what's up? Dap it up. Nice to meet you. Bung, bung. I'm thinking I'm about to get some drinks and some food in this restaurant. Well, the restaurant happened to be next door to the fucking Staples Center, all right? And next thing you know, I'm fucking in a in an executive suite luxury box watching LeBron play the fucking Clippers. This was when, uh, right before he, LeBron went to L.A., motherfucking mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle is performing at the halftime show. Yeah, uh, dude. I mean, you know, the fucking drinks are flowing. The smoke is fucking puffing. You know what I mean? Like, and then... Next thing you know, I end up at a fucking Ghostface concert backstage, all right, a- after the... Was it and the same night? Stage. I can't even remember. On, on stage. stage. Yeah, it wasn't even backstage. I'm <laughs> fucking on the stage, standing next to the fucking DJ, all right, with beans rolling blunts for me, left <laughs> and right, all right? Hus Kingpin over there on the side, Planet Asia over here. Motherfucking West Side Gun is back there with a mask on. And nobody knew it was him. And I walk up to him like, yo, what up, fly guy? He's like, Miz, I just saw you a week ago. How the fuck are you out here? We was just in Boston a week. I'm like, listen, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm fucking shit-faced. I'm high as fuck. All I know is M80 got me here like I'm a fucking celebrity. And Ghostface comes out, performs. Fucking Westside comes out as a surprise performance. Fucking RZA comes out of nowhere, special yeah. guest. Bro, it was like the night of my motherfucking life, bro. I end up, we the, were, the we nightcap, so I'm back in Hus Kingpin's fucking... Yeah, we're chilling with RZA afterwards. We're hanging out at Hus Kingpin's place. We're fucking playing in Asia, Killer Priest. I mean, bro, and M80 doesn't know me at all, treats me like a longtime friend, like we family. I'm over there fucking hanging out with famous celebrities, doing all kinds of fucking weed and drugs and everything bro it was shut it was up a, man. yeah bro it was fucking amazing so thank you thank you m80 thank you again i, just, and, I, I feel i feel a special bond to my like online people you know? <laughs> like, like there's, a, there's a guy there's a guy that always had my back on the ughh forums when everyone else was talking mad shit at all times and, <laughs> and he like he knows i collect watches and he works he's like like a, like a watch historian Yep. And he was like, you're in Florida? I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm in, like, Miami. He's like, I live in St. Augustine. It's, like, five hours away. I'm like, I'm coming. We're going to get lunch. He's like, We're gonna get, you're going to drive five hours to have lunch? I'm like, yeah. And That's I did amazing. that. Like, I just wow. wanted to meet the dude. That's, That's amazing. That's my dude. Yeah, yeah That's, yo, yo, and, 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 and by <laughs> the way, and by the way, your generosity didn't just stop uh, when we were hanging out. Like, a, a few months after that, I'm I'm going to a fucking Method Man and Red Man concert with my boy Liquid Topes. And this is, again, in, in a suburb of Boston. And from across the country, fucking M80 calls me up like, yo, just, you, you know, go to the fucking bouncer up front, tell them your money, Miz, and they're going to let you backstage. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? Amazing, yo. So, yeah, I was like, this is fucking unreal. He calls me like two hours before the show. We go to the show. I walk up, I'm like, hey, I'm Money Miz. I'm, I think I'm on some fucking list, you know, from M80. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, just put your wrist out. They give me this fucking thing to put on my wrist. They're like, bro, you can walk anywhere in this building. We don't give a fuck. It's all good. So I'm fucking literally on the stage with Method Man and Red Man. Like, bro, I, I mean, M80, man. You're, you're one of a kind, bro. You're, one, you. <laughs> you're one of a kind. 
Um, I remember like, these posts I, very I, I try well. to be good. I'm just trying to be good. Like it doesn't always work out that way, but it's like, um, you know. Listen, listen. It's it's much appreciated. Just the effort in and of itself, because nobody else does shit like that. So thank you again very much. <laughs> I remember these posts like it's yesterday, yo. Whenever y'all posting this shit too, I remember in '80 walking down to to the Clippers game and shit. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. So it's like. I'm I'm living through y'all, you know what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was a hell of a time, real talk. Now, all right, completely other subject. We're getting close to being on here well, for too long. Yeah. But uh, I just want to say another thing. I want to help promote one more thing that you've been doing, uh, M80. Uh, there is a new contest with Snoop Doggy Dog. Yep. It's, called, it's called the Snoop Song Contest. Uh, M80, I know that you're involved in this. Can you please explain what's up with the Snoop Song Contest? So, um, yeah, it was uh, my partner, Anno, calls me, and he, I mean, as, as much money as I make, like, this dude puts me to shame. He's got his <laughs> hand in so much shit, but they, you know, he, he caters production to so many artists, and um, the website, Anno Dominion Nation, like, you could go in there and buy licensed lease beats for 20 bucks, and he has clients that spend 20 bucks, and he has clients that hit him for five, 10 grand for exclusives and shit, so all over the board and they wanted to do something big for, for like this contest launch. Um, and they brought up Snoop. So I'm like, okay, I'll make it happen. And, um, I hit my friend, my friend, Kevin is one of Snoop's day to day managers. Like it uh-huh. has a whole fucking fleet of agents and managers and this and this and this and this, you know, like, so, so Kevin's mm-hmm. the guy I talk to on a daily basis for all my Snoop work. Um, and, and Kevin's like, okay, cool. Let's get it together. And, uh, so, what what is it? What it is is this: like we had Snoop record a song, a verse and hook, and that way when the guy wins, whoever wins the contest, they're gonna get that song. Um, I had as as other prizes: Crooked Eye, Corrupt, Planet Asia, Razcast, Priest, and DMC for own DMC record tracks that we're gonna like freely give out to to people like that were paid for by Anno and them. Um, there's packages to win like free beats. There's packages for like a studio makeover and stuff like this. So I organized it all. Anno and Gabe, his partner at Legion Beats, are running it. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, people are starting to ask me like some like technical web questions stuff. I'm like I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I haven't even gone to the website. Yo, this is still a very cool contest though, man. Like what the bro, fuck? Really is, yo? Bro, I've seen Snoop charge up to 400 racks for a fucking verse, dude. I've seen oh him my do shit God. for real time. But like recently, Snoop, well, yeah, like he gets money like that, dude. So like this is. An opportunity. I mean, it's huge. Huge. Right, there, was, there was a time. There was a time. One time when I lived in Indianapolis, where I flew out to LA to have Corrupt and Snoop do a song. Now I get to Corrupt at like eleven in the morning, and Corrupt knocks his shit out. Verse and hook. Snoop cannot be reached, and I'm like, I'm here for like forty eight hours. Fuck. Uh, so I go and I put the money up. Like it's not just on me. Uh, you know, it's it's a sizable amount of cash for someone mm-hmm. at the time to be carrying around. And um, I was I stood to make like 15 grand on the deal, so like whatever. So I go and it, like you know I'm new to LA, I'm just visiting. Me and my friend David, who's an engineer, and we go see. Um, it's like the radio station concert. It was like Lupe and Big Sean and some people. Cool, we see mm-hmm. that. Then we find out Kendrick's performing like down the street, and I get to the Kendrick show and he goes on at like midnight, just after midnight. And Kendrick, his special guest, brings out Dr. Dre, brings out fucking the game, brings out T.I. And, like, 2 in the morning, Krug calls me, 
all right, dog's ready for you to come through. I'm going to send you the address. Make sure you have the money. I'm like, he's like, oh, you know, fucked up. Like, you don't catch Snoop when you when he wants you to be there. Like, that kind of shit. I'm like, well, fuck, look, I'm going to go back to the bank first thing in the morning. I guess carry the money on me all day. So I'm feeling <laughs> weird as fuck in Los Angeles with like $15,000, $20,000 in my pocket. Uh, I did shit. Like, I went and saw like two movies. I went to a restaurant. Like, I'm not, like, interacting with people kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Sure enough, the call never came. And I fly back to Indianapolis. Oh. He, ended up doing it, he ended up doing it, like, three weeks later. And, of oh. course, they're going to pay more now because then I have to wire the money. And there's, like, you know, taxes and shit. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Jesus but, um, Christ, man. Snoop, Snoop is an example. He's 100% COVID-proof. That motherfucker got commercials, <laughs> <laughs> albums, <laughs> shows. Dude, like... Uh, I had something on the table, no bullshit, last week for Snoop for 500 racks up front. And he's like, uh, his team's like, let's revisit this in like six months. Like, oh, my God. All, all I'm looking at it is like the size of my commission and how I – that'd be great to have before year's end. Nah, right. Months. We'll revisit uh, in six months. These guys. Well, whatever, man. At least you can look forward to that next year. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, try, like, like um, you know, I, I'm thankful for everyone I get to work with, but like just to even be like a one percent fucking input on that team is is cool for me. Right. So yeah. who who would you say is your favorite person that you've worked with in your career? Without even having to think about it, it's Crooked Eye. Oh wow. Really? Wow. And Crooked why, the why so? quality, he's the most quality human being ever. Yeah, he's a real good it seemed like he's a real good dude. You know yeah. yeah. Like, trust me, when I've dealt with so many people that are on bullshit and about bullshit and like Crook is just a good human being, and his work ethic is solid, and yeah, that's all I can ask for. He got a real sharp pen, too, yo. Yeah, yeah, he has an yeah. extremely sharp I didn't pen. know. I did not know. In the death row days, I was oblivious to this shit, and then when the Slaughterhouse came out, I had to backtrack. I was like, yo, this motherfucker's been dope the whole entire time, yo. I was like... Yeah, yeah, he was signed to death yeah. row, I think, towards the end of the death yeah, row. He was era, the last right? signing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, here's crazy. a story. Um, mm. Crooked Eye, okay, so now we all understand how amazing he is. Yep. Suge Knight knew that when he signed him. So, so many people in California run up on Suge, especially gang member motherfuckers, like, yo, man, I rap, bro, like, put me on. Mm-hmm. Suge Knight, knowing damn well he's never going to sign any of these dudes, will be like, I'll sign you if you can beat Crooked Eye in a battle. And, that <laughs> is, and Crooked Eye will win every time. Of so, course. Suge would laugh because he's Suge Knight and he thinks it's funny, not under, not fully understand that he's putting Crooked Eye's life in jeopardy. Yeah. I we'll know, see. right? So recently, <laughs> like maybe a year or two ago, Crook said like when he ran into one of the dudes, he was like, yo, man, my life ain't going too good. You know, my whole life could have been different had I beat you in that battle. Crook said, you oh, know what shit. I'm saying, dude? It was all a joke. Like, he never was going to sign you. Like, he knows right. no one could beat me. Like, <laughs> he was just fucking, it was, he, he, he did that at his expense to make himself laugh. Like, you don't understand right. that? And, like, that also you fucked the dude up, like, because he never even considered that. He really thought, right. like, oh, fucking You thought it was a real deal. deal. Jesus, that might make him even more mad. Fuck yeah, that. right? Sugar <laughs> so, so Knight is the kingpin of the Marvel comic book, book world, man. What a yeah. dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, we've been on here for about two hours, yo, so I think we yep. need to wrap it up. But uh, yeah. I would like to ask you a question. We do have more questions. But I remember you posted you had a Rock Kim album coming out. And I, it was supposed to be produced by Big Ghost. Yeah, that's not happening. But like, like Big Ghost sent over like seven or eight tracks, and Rod didn't pick any. Damn. Um, you know, Damn. And, then, and like so, and then like Rock Kim, you gotta understand. Like, so I thought 
the problem, like, when we was with, with Dr. Dre, was, like, Dr. Dre wanted him to just do all this gangster shit, and Rakim didn't want to do it, because that's what the media tells us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the deal was deaded. The yeah. truth of the matter is Rakim seldomly records new music. Like, that's just that. It doesn't matter. Okay. Like, I can go tell him, go record anything you fucking want. You're Rakim. You don't need input from me. Um, there, There is... There is Rock Kim shit in the works. I can tell you that. Word. Okay. Word. Well, I hope he picks right. some good beats. Now, now uh, look, I, I do have Big Ghost Slade to be on it. Word. Word. It's just not fully no, produced no. by him. Word. Hey, listen, any any new material from Rock Kim and even, you know, uh, one beat from fucking Big Ghost, Big I'll Ghost. take it. I just got to say, in general, Rakim's solo albums outside of Eric B. and Rakim had some amazing classic songs. But overall, his fucking beat selection skills is a little questionable to me. And That's I hope- why we thought <laughs> Big Ghost produced album was going to be so um, dope, because we knew it yeah. was going to be like we've, some wacky we've shit. Had, we've had premiere with him for, for a lot of time recently. Wow. That's what's up. Very, very good to hear. Good? We need to come Very to the TMZ, to motherfuckers, yo. We, uh, yeah, we, man. We, M80 can be our, our TMZ for real, B. <laughs> we need anything. Like, boom, this, this, this motherfucker knows, son. Bro, he knows everything. You the, glue me, that goes, hey, they, you the glue, my dude. Let me, segue that, let me segue that into the very last topic here right boom, before him, we go. Yeah. Uh, I want everybody to know out there <laughs> that M80, he runs a Facebook Live weekly series called mm-hmm. the A&R Clinic, okay, where he literally drops jewels. He drops knowledge on the industry and what artists, producers, and shit like that need to do to become successful in their career long term, I mm-hmm. imagine. Uh, real quick, M80, just let these motherfuckers know what your A&R Clinic is about. Um, okay, so, like, it's all the shit that I didn't have coming up in the game. Like, there was no one, like, I learned from Wu-Tang from watching, you know, it's not like RZA sat me down, like, and taught me, like, like in yep. a fucking schoolroom setting. So, this is where artists, producers, music entrepreneurs of any genre, or just, or just business-like-minded people can mm-hmm. come, and I'm going to answer your questions for an hour straight. I'm not, I, I'll, I'll spend the first five, ten minutes talking about, like, what I did the previous week, musically, and project-wise, and shit like that, and my book, and anything else, and then it's all you. So there's been, like, five, six weeks of the, like, 40 we've done so far where literally, like, you get 30, 50, 60 people tuning in, and the questions are nonstop. And that's how I prefer. I, I want to have time to, like, take a breath and sip a like, little sip of water real quick and get right to the next question. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the weeks where it's, like, I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Like, yeah. so some weeks mm-hmm. people really take advantage of it, and others not. And I'm totally cool if it's the same 20, 30 people in there every week. Because I know that there's dedicated to actually bettering themselves and furthering their career and like wanting to know. But the majority of the questions I get were questions that when I had and had to ask my attorneys, I had to like shut out racks, you know. Yeah. Get these answers. So right. it's like come and get this free fucking game. And you know, I never looked at it like I was gonna make money on it. It was like this is my free give back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I always do something nice for the holidays. I was like this was nice for the whole year. Um but uh like after like maybe the first 10, 15 weeks, people then started hitting me afterwards in the message. Like, can I hire you for a consultation? Can I hire you to do this legal doc for me? Can I hire you for my project? Like, so I'm like, damn, dude, I do this free shit for an hour every Tuesday. And sometimes I walk away like plus three grand. 
Right, that's what's right. up. That yep. is what's up. So um, do you still do that? Uh, is it on Tuesdays, I think? On Tuesdays, Facebook 1 or 2 Pacific Standard. And, uh, yeah, yeah, We're next week will be week 44. Wow, wow. So after you listen so, to the podcast, go, 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 go tune into this right here on Tuesdays. Yeah, Tuesday. man. Yeah, man. Tuesdays on, now, I do, I do it on Facebook instead of Instagram because it's easier for me to keep track of the questions. Like mm-hmm. on Instagram, you know, like if you you're online, like the shit's like fly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. So I can't like, I can't be all over the place with that. I got to like, Facebook allows me to follow it very succinctly. Word, word, word. So yeah, for all you fucking cunts who listen to the, our show over here, and you're all com- and you're all complaining <laughs> about how your cunts, career man. sucks and this, that, and the other, and you're not making money. But hey, go fucking listen to M80 on Tuesdays, and maybe you'll learn a fucking thing or two Look, about here, this here, rap here's shit. A great, here's a great example. So I go to my attorneys that they also represent, like my music attorneys. I got civil dudes, I got criminal dudes, I got whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I had a question because this fucking shady ass record label was attempting to register the publishing for the whole album. Now, when I like did a deal, I like sold a piece of ghost publishing with the deal and shit, but that's mm-hmm. just supposed to be ghost publishing. They were registering the publishing as if like they owned all the publishing for the album. And I'm like, no, that's not what I gave you. Mm-hmm. So I go in with all the paperwork and shit to my attorney. Here's my question. And I believe the answer is yes. I'm in the right. They review all the docs. They're like, yeah, you're right. All right. That's two grand. Oh. Like, so that's the point. I get a lot of questions like M80. How do I do this copyrights? How do I do this publishing? How do I do these, you know, like get these royalties? How those are the questions I like to answer because those are the ones that are truly, you know, like, okay, this is need to know shit for everyone. Like right. I, you know, clearly had to have that question answered and pay for it just to be told I was right. Um, just you know, one so, question, two grand. That's crazy. I mean, I, I gave him like 50 pages of paperwork to, you know, for all the features and stuff. Oh, like, you oh. can't tell me Snoop's not going to see publishing checks from a Ghostface album. Like, this label can't say they own it. So, like, Bronze got paid up front to do the remix disc, and he gets a fucking fat check every quarter. You know, like, that's equivalent to, like, what he got paid. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think Big Ghost at the time had registered any publishing for any of those past projects. I'm like, dude, like, get on it. Like, right. let, be first. let the Ghostface be your first. And I never asked him, but like if Bronze is getting big ass checks, then I'd assume he is as well. Um, when I was working with Benny around the Tantalk Three time, I'm like, dude, I looked online, like you have like a hundred and some songs, but two of them are registered for publishing. Like, get on that. You know, right. like, important shit, dude. Like that's that's your real estate in, in rap is that is being able to, you know, and some artists never see any publishing money, but you know, like if you're fortunate enough to, like that's money you can count on for a lifetime. Right, so, man. Yeah. It's like. It, why not make that little effort and you could reap those benefits for years. And and people, they always think like, yo, I just dropped this album. And then a month later, oh, that's dead. Nah, man, you can make money off of that for the rest of your life. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Fucking people, man. Anyways. I just got me thinking. <laughs> right. You got me thinking. This has been a great conversation, M80, man. Like, boom, like. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, I mean, thank you, thank you for spending so much time with us today. I and know it's early it's, for you too. Yeah, it's very yeah, early. Now it's now it's like football time. Yeah, oh, it is, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it is. I'm going to get breakfast so, and watch some football. Indeed. So, again, thank you Packing very, very much. some of these much. dick bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody, wrap, wrap up the dick books. Famous dick pics is available <laughs> right now by Madagus Pimp Nuttington Third. all right? The forward is from Stormy Daniels, and when this fucking episode that you're listening to right now airs, you will be able to also check out 
the new song called Soy Sauce Tears <laughs> by, by M80 and the motherfucking famous crazy bastard William Hung. All right. Uh, you motherfuckers need to go out there and get this book. I got a copy. I bought it right away. Fucking M80 sends it to me. And honestly, it's the funniest book I've seen all year. It's fucking Thank hilarious. Uh, so uh, M80, actually, could you tell everybody what website to go to to purchase the book? I can. <laughs> <laughs> it is www.famousdickpics.com. Bang bang! There it is. Word. <laughs> and uh, before we wrap this up, M80, could you also please let our listeners know what your social media handles are, so they can follow you on social media? Yes, uh, Almighty M80, A L M I G H T Y M A D O for Instagram and Twitter, and Matthew Markoff on Facebook. And you know what? Just real quick, if I can. Mm -hmm. Yes. I know we we like we hopped over so many topics, but like yeah. yeah. I didn't get to tell, I, I didn't, you know, when we were talking about my development as an artist after the whole, like, I met Wu-Tang. Like, yes. We kind of stopped there. Um, but, yeah, like, I dropped five or six solo albums, a couple group albums with Almighty, a couple of just like, random other projects. So, like, even when I was in law school, I kept the momentum alive. Like, I had a pretty consistent, like, once a year drop record. Oh, um, Word. Like, I, when, I went, when I started law school, I thought that I'd have to put it all behind me. An article actually ran about, like, I he's retiring. It was, a, it was a big deal in the Indianapolis community, you know, because I was like, <laughs> shit. Um, but then I got mad opportunities when I was in the Bay and in New York and shit like that. So, yeah, guys, like, trust me, if, if I have all this time to do all the fucking things I do, you all got time to make an album. <laughs> right, right. You'll see. Yeah. Come on, Timbo, yo. Fuck it, come Boy, on, Timbo. You in law school? Like, yeah, come on, yo. <laughs> you know, hey, Luke, you'll, yo, Luke, you'll love this. I told Timbo yesterday, don't worry. After Rakim drops, I'll still take your calls. Oh. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Well, I'm going to keep hope alive. And I know M80 makes shit happen. Someday, maybe we'll get another Timbo <laughs> King album. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have positive thoughts and positive vibes for this because I really would love that. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, at least we got that one. Thank you, M.A. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been a great interview, man, and I, and I learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, you, yeah. Well, hey, indeed. I'm a indeed. Big fan, man. Yeah. Thank Let's you. Up, Thank man. you. Well, yeah. Thank you again yo. for everything you do. Thank you for all the Wu Tang work behind the scenes because yo, as an avid Wu Tang listener, you dropped a ton of fucking underground projects with them. And mo it sounds like they would have never came out if you didn't. So thank you. <laughs> they would have definitely never came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everybody that wraps up episode 56 of the fucking podcast with our very special guest M80. I hope you motherfuckers laughed. I hope you motherfuckers cried. I hope you learned something. There you go. Fucking whatever Super it deep. is. Bong bong. Famous dick pics out now. Pause no homo. Go get that shit. Fuck Stormy Daniels. Shout Fuck out me. William Hung. Yeah. Thank you Fuck again. Stormy's Dan Fuck Stormy Daniels, no Trump. That's right. <laughs> Word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, since Trump didn't get reelected, she's kind of like, now, now you can't bring that shit up anymore. Like, no one cares. Like, yeah, yeah nobody gives a shit. Fuck that. No, 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 no way. Hey, yeah. you check it out. The best thing about this is, like, when I'm at the court, when I'm fucking somebody up, like a white dude at the court, they can't yell at me, Trump, uh, Trump 2020. <laughs> <laughs> they can't, yeah, they, that's the way they're saying the N-word nowadays. Yeah. Trump 2020, motherfucker. Like, yo, That's chill. dead. That's dead yeah. now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. All right, and that's a wrap. 
<laughs> Episode 56 of the Fuck You Meme Podcast is done with your motherfucking boy, Lukey Cage, your motherfucking boy, Money Miz, and yeah. the infamous almighty M80. That's it. That's, the yeah. Fuck You Meme, bitch!